0: Welcome to episode 403 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. team, welcome to episode four oh three with I Am Talk with Coach John Houston and Bevan James was How you go, mate?
1: A hell of a lot better than I was twenty four hours ago. It was a bit rough, was it? I can tell you, racing Ironman, as most people know, is pretty tough. And then being having the combo of being hungover and oh, having yeah, done yeah, the, Ironman the big night, did you? And having to pack up and then get on a flight is not a good combination. So did you get
0: drunk on the night of the Ironman?
1: No, no, Sunday. So the race is sad day Went out Sunday night. Getting picked up by a shuttle nine forty five on Monday morning wasn't good.
0: Did uh Did who'd you go out with on Sunday night? Because I saw Swanee. know I said best weekend of the year. Did and he? I know I didn't have the greatest race, so I'm thinking Sunday night must have been.
1: Yeah, 25. Swanee was out there. Yeah, he was out there. There was a whole bunch of people. We can talk a bit about that. Bit later on,
0: goes on tour, eh? I am mm. is proudly brought to you by
1: Coffees of Hawaii.com.
0: It's a bit weird today, we're back in the studios in, in, in my small office, aren't we? Because I know. we've got guest staying, so we couldn't do it in our normal studios. So John and I are kind of sitting next It's like the old days, mate. It is, it's like the old
1: days, and I have to keep turning around in a bit of an awkward neck position because we've got to stay close to the mic. So I've always got to stay close. Yeah. Yeah.
0: stay close. Uh, what was the first one, Coffees of Hawaii, the world's tastiest coffee,
1: athlinks.com.
0: And Social networking for endurance athletes and extreme endurance, your lactic buffer. Okay, guys, in this week's show, we have got to be news, and let's be honest, it's going to be all about Ironman New Zealand.
1: We've got an age group of the week, That's sort of, not really. I'm, I'm, instead of the age group of the week, I'm highlighting the 35 to 39 age group for the last few years. Just because you won it, you, wouldn't I you didn't win seven, it, did you? Yeah, I got smoked. Oh, man, what happened? <laughs> I'll tell We'll <I'll> <laughs> oh, got
0: all about it. <laughs> uh, we started the week uh, John's race report, and then we've got some questions and answers at the end. So the big piece of news this weekend was uh, I Man New Zealand happened, and
1: uh, we'll talk about your race. How do you want to do this? Uh, no, we'll talk about this. My race will be, be later on, so we'll just talk about the pros. And I mean, you guys would have seen the coverage for those that are watching. You know, I'm, I'm talking about what I saw in the race. Good not- film
0: coverage. Was, yeah, yeah, it was, it was really impressed. You know, like it was, it was really well done, and like it was good camera. It wasn't just like a camera in one spot. They had commentators. They had the guy first of the bike. Was it yeah, Phil? Phil. Yeah, yeah and uh, and the other guy who does all the Kevin, uh, Kevin McKinnon. Yeah, and they were doing a good job. And, uh, you know, you, know you, you could see more of the girls at times, but, you know, with a limited budget, you know, they did a pretty good job, I thought, for, for the hour that I watched.
1: Yeah, no, they. Um, I, I can't comment on what they did, but but they have got the coverage all up online uh, from from the day, so you can go back and watch some. So that's some good good trainer workouts to do. But the, the tiny bit that I have watched was, um, was really good. And we got it, well... Pretty much, everybody would have got it wrong on predicting who won. Wow, the mountains now. The mountains now, did it, he? He sent us an email saying, "Watch out
0: for Marco Albert."
1: Yeah, he did. I've got to give some credit where it's due. I still don't think many people would have picked him to win. I mean, this again, granted, you're going against the Kiwis, so, but you know, you Terenzo, Bevan and Brownie—you know, three of the best in the world—I I just felt for sure one of those guys was going to win it. But it was very, very impressive. So Marco Albert took the race out, and he led from start to finish. He came out of the swim 46.10 with a, with a group of guys, and then so when we're riding out, uh, it's it's more or less an out and bike course, out and back bike course. So we get to see them. We start fifteen minutes behind and biking back, and there was a big pack together of probably. I had no sort of six, to six or eight, and then there was a, a reasonable gap back to, to Brownie and uh, Tim, Tim Burkle and a couple of others. And you could see Brownie was on the front. It was funny when they when they came past. Bevan was on the front of the front group, and then Brownie was on the front of the um, the back group. So and, and Brownie pulled them up. Apparently they caught up at around about the eighty k mark, and then Marco Albert gassed them. Just put. At what point do you know? Did he break away? Do you I know? think it was about eighty about halfway. Wow! Oh, so he put wow. <clears throat> So he must have done it. What you have on the in the Taupo course is when you, you start each lap, you have got a reasonably hilly section. It's nothing nothing crazy, but it's enough hills. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a perfect time to attack. So I figure he must have possibly attacked maybe on the way into town, and then uh, and then kept it going. And he, I'm not sure exactly what the gap was coming in, but I think it was about um, close on six minutes coming off the bike, which is incredibly impressive when you've got Cameron and Bevan, and got very, very strong guys in there. To ride six minutes into them is just insane. In 90Ks? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> So I'd love to talk to those guys. I didn't actually um, have a chance to catch up with many of them after the race, but whether they were gambling that they would run him down um, because, you know, you look at him from last year, I think he went a little bit under three hours. And so you're thinking, all right, I can probably give this dude, you know, a good five minutes or so, and we'll probably catch him if we have a good run, or whether he just gassed him and they had um, they had nothing nothing left. But, man, that is impressive biking. And then... uh Brown. And- and then, yeah, and then you had the pack coming off the bike together. Lap one of the run, uh, Cam Brown, Torenzo, and Bevan uh, were running sort of shoulder to shoulder. I saw them when I started, and they were finishing their first lap, and they were probably about uh, probably about a K behind me. And so I thought, oh, they're going to catch me at some stage. This could be quite cool with we the three of them running past me. But I thought, geez, they are a long way behind. They've got a lot of work to do here. So. Then I sort of, I just I had a pretty good first lap, and they didn't catch me on the first lap, and then I can't quite remember, but Brownie, Brownie caught me up at one one stage and, and ran past with um did some other bit, dude. Give him a bit
0: of love. Give
1: him, you know, yeah, give give, good friends, oh, you know? Bit of yep. Yeah, a bit of love. Yeah, gave Brownie a bit of love. give you a tip on the butt? Kyle yeah. on, Brownie. And, uh, and then I was like, where the hell are the other guys? And Bevan apparently pulled out at around about the 20k mark. Because? Uh, I, saw, I did see him at the pub afterwards. He's got real problems with um, nutrition. He just can't get it right oh, really it just doesn't go You know when he goes on long. on on the anything at the moment like no, we've really? seen him have a few crappy halves as well and he just can't absorb anything can't take anything down so he's got some real um yeah real issues with that so he pulled out about 20k which I think is basically at the bottom of the street that he lives on because I know where he lives <laughs> and I thought when they got home I've had enough. I, I pretty much think it was like that he uh it was a 20k mark and I think yeah, that's pretty much the exact bottom of the street that he lives on, so uh, not a happy time for him, and Terenzo, I thought, he did not catch me on the entire run, so these guys were, um, so what, are they? so they're see about, about 1k behind me, so they're about 4.5k, 4.5 minutes or so behind me, and they've still got... Two laps ago, so I got twenty-eight k's. Yep. He did not catch me, so he must have exploded. Then I thought, I have a look at his splits afterwards, and he did. His- so wait, where did he come in? He came in. He did. A- he came in third, but he ran a two fifty-four. But uh, if I click on his splits, he-, he did not catch me, and I and I was not going uh, express fast. So he started off the fir- first seven and a half Ks they were going 3.47 per K yeah, then and then 3.48, 3.51, 4.18, 4.33, 4.29 that was his sort of average pace through those different splits. So he, uh, he battled it out there. He, I don't think he'll be Overly thrilled with his uh, his run split there, but still, it's some points in the bag for him. And the focus for him, from what we we saw on and the New Zealand media, is very much on the seventy point three world. So He said, you know, if I qualify for Kona, I will you know go and do it. But I think he's very much focused on the 70.3. So he's still got you know a fair beating there from Cam. So oh no, so so Marco oh, basically ran like a legend two fifty, and yeah. the guy is a unit. He's he huge, a unit, isn't he? yeah. So I think that doesn't bode particularly well for Kona. You know, he's just—I don't know what the hell they eat in Estonia, but remember, remember, remember that other dude uh, who won it, uh, uh, Johansson. Yeah, he was big he? Too, was wasn't he? A massive, and Marco <laughs> Albert was massive as well. And so he comes from the ITU side of things. Used to always lead out the swims in the ITU side of things, and uh, yeah, he ran two fifty oh five, which is um, yeah, brownie only. Brownie had a pretty good run, 247.45.
0: After a stronger bike for him too, mm,
1: so he only ran, you know, 220 slower than Brownie, which is it's not it's not a fast course. Uh, so it's very impressive. He was only about two minutes off the course record that Bevan set last year. And had Bevan not done that last year, I'm pretty sure that that. Either by Marco Albert, would have either been close to the record or or about the same. So, very, very impressive. But at the same time, you know, Brownie's forty-one, forty to forty-one or forty-two, and eight twenty-one. It's pretty, still pretty decent. You know, just got a bit smoked in the swim. Probably had to bike a bit harder, which you know he might have been able to run a little bit quicker if he didn't have to bike so hard. But uh, yeah, man.
0: You know, like on the news that night, they had an interview with Brownie. It was quite interesting. New Zealand media kind of made out brownie won it well they didn't make out he won it but all the love was going to brownie <laughs> they didn't even have the water on but anyway um, you know he was saying he had like, quite a long period off of August was it last year he's,
1: he's, he took seven, seven weeks off training you know he had a crappy year last year took seven weeks completely off to try to get his body right Thinducona. yeah. and uh, and he said it's just really put him in stead for
0: you know you know he's had a really good kind of last three months hasn't he so mm. you know i would be interested to see what the rest of the year presents for him
1: we said at uh, the uh, somewhere I saw him talking. He was going to go and do Cairns, and uh, yep. he, he would need, you know, you need you need um, a couple of Ironmans. if you don't have a Kona result, you need to have two Ironmans under your belt. So uh, he's going to do that, and then he's got some good points from Auckland. So I would assume that that would probably be enough to, you know, assuming he has a reasonable race in Cairns, that'll be enough to to get him a Kona ticket and uh, see if we see him there or whether he goes um, on what? the sort of gravy train and tries to pick up some some easier money.
0: But do you think if he goes to Kona, what do you think, he's top 10? Uh,
1: no, not really. I, his, his swim's just, you know, here he can get away with it. And Kona, you just can't get away with a bad swim these mm. days. And maybe you can run yourself into 10th um, or something like that. But I think it'd be a bit of a struggle. So it yeah, would
0: be interesting. Um, um, other, other parts of the male field to
1: well, talk about? It's pretty bloody good, you know. Um Guy had a good race. He did. So you had uh, Tim Burkle in fourth, who had a good run split. Uh, Tom Lowe, who you saw was solo on the bike. Uh, you know, he ran 250 as well. But you saw these two packs, and, and then you had uh, Meredith Kessler sort of uh, solo by himself all day. We'll talk about that in a moment. And then you saw another few straggling uh, pros riding along, and then you saw Tom Lowe by himself the entire bike ride and then he ran at 250, so he did an a all-day solo for 5th place. Daniel Hawksworth, you know, Ironman winner there in 6th place. Guy Crawford uh, had a great race, 8.44. Philip Graves, another Ironman winner, in 8th. And then you had the um, first age group of Bevan McKinnon in to talk about him a bit more, and Peter took out the took out 10th place. So pretty strong day at the office on the pro front. That's the strongest pro field we've seen in a long time.
0: Yeah, and and good racing too. You know, like it was, it was an exciting day out there, wasn't? It? Although mm. Malco kind of ended up taking out, I I was keeping an eye on it all day, and then I got to manage to watch the last maybe hour twenty of the race, or, or at least the last ten to twelve k's of the race. And uh, you know there was still you still had a glimmer of hope that Cam could catch him up, and mm. so you know there was excitement around. And then you kind of saw that Marco was just looking strong. There was no real weakness in his technique at that stage of the race. And one of the funny things about the f- footage was there was this guy. He must have been a pretty decent age gripper, and with about, maybe about seven k's to go in the run, Marco mm. passes him, mm. and this guy just decides to stay on him. So this guy he just sits on his toes. And almost at that point, you know when someone's behind you they're a little bit too close? Yeah. And I imagine was Marco is probably getting a little bit annoyed with this guy. And this guy's sitting behind him for ages, and I'm thinking, mate, you're going to suffer for this later on in
1: your day. Well, so. the same thing happened. I remember <laughs> when, when, when Cam came past me, um, somebody was running with him, and I'm pretty sure he wasn't... Uh, uh, and a, a pro and uh and then yeah, I blitz class this guy <laughs> later on. he was not even moving, and I was not going particularly quick either so if you the tip for the age group is out there, if the pro passed you, yeah, let it go bro. 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 Yeah.
0: let it go um, okay, so the girls side of things, a bit of one horse
1: race. this was a world class performance, just ridiculous, so Meredith Kessler. Absolutely dominated the dojo. Swam 46-47, and the course is legit up there. She was with the top guys out of the swim yeah. and those guys uh And a yeah, start. Sorry? Have head start? Oh no she no she so she would have done that solo. Yeah. That makes it even more ridiculous. what so, because you're so, five minutes behind, aren't they? No, one minute behind. Is it one minute? Is it? So she would have. I didn't think about that. Good point. She would have swum up to the second group of like brownie and that, and swum past them and carried on. Oh, that would have broken the hearts. <laughs> that's that's ridiculous. I, di- I didn't realize. That's that is ridiculous. That's incredible. I thought. I thought. Oh, Meredith would have been hanging off the back of that lead group. But you're right. They started a minute behind. So she did that solo, which. That makes that even more impressive. Yeah. Forty six, forty seven in the swim on a legit swim. Uh, she rode five oh eight, which is not crazy fast. And she did have. She said she had an, an issue. She dropped her chain and yeah, she and, had
0: and, well, didn't she? Or she no, had to, she I had to stop for a bit.
1: Yeah, she said she dropped her chain and just struggled to get it back on. And, and everybody loves to inflate how long they they stood on the side. Five the hours apparently. Yeah, it's so an eight minute bike ride. That might last a, a a little while, but five oh eight. That was uh, the same time that I rode. So it was um, yeah. Yeah, so for for well, she was your target, so you would, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, and then and then ran a three oh eight for nine oh eight forty six, and that broke the course record by I think about six minutes. Wow! And and she did it solo all day. There was no I don't well on the bike I saw her solo all day. She did. She may have had somebody to run with, but uh, on the bike she was solo all day. Wow! So very very impressive. And then Gina, you know, she had a really good race as well. She um. I mean, she's five minutes, Gina's a good swimmer, she's five minutes down out of the swim, good, I think a pretty, relatively speaking, a pretty good bike for her, 5'10", you know, and if you lose a couple of minutes to Meredith, Meredith's probably a bit bit stronger on the bike, and then a 3.08 run, pretty solid, you know, when you think uh, she struggled in in Wanaka and came back with a 9.15.53, which... Um, I think the course record was nine fourteen, so pretty close to her to the course record. So I, I think it was probably a Taupo PB for her. Um, so didn't get to talk to her after the race, but I thought that was a pretty pretty solid performance. She just got outdone by someone who was on fire. And then Candace Hammond, uh, she you know she's a she's a weak swimmer, and you I quite liked in the paper I saw afterwards. You know she swam fifty nine minutes. She said that's you know that's quite a good swim for me, but. It's just not good enough. If I'm a pro athlete, it's just not good enough. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm glad she sort of recognizes that. But well, the problem is,
0: unfortunately, for those pro athletes who are in this position, it's really hard to lose time on your swim, isn't it? You know, mm. so someone like Candice, who you know is always going to be coming from behind all day long when she races, you, you can lose time on your bike, in particular, and you run <clears> a lot more easier than you can on your swim, and it's such a disadvantage if you're so mm. far behind on the swim, isn't it? And, yep. and nowadays, you know, back in the day. A lot of females who weren't as strong in the swim could, you know, pull through. But the fields are a lot stronger now, aren't they? Mm. And so those girls, you can't really have that weakness as much as what they did in the past, could no, you? No, yeah.
1: no. uh but she had a good solid day. You know, it's uh, five fifteen on the bike and, and three ten run. So she did nine thirty. So uh, solid third place. And then uh, the rest of the girls sort of battled it out. But still, a pretty pretty strong girls' field there. Yeah. Well, you know, if you look down to eleventh.
0: 11th place they went all, all 10th, 10th sub 10 10th tens,
1: yeah sub 10th so
0: you know in tradition in New Zealand you don't get that many girls under 10
1: no so but most of the pros seem to perform pretty well. Torsten on TryRating dot com. You had Marco Albert eighteen minutes faster than expected. Uh, Cam was two minutes quicker. Torinzo was a minute quicker, and Vert Van Buerkel was five minutes quicker. Tom Lowe was actually a bit slower than predicted. But the big uh, the big one is Guy Crawford. He was sixteen thirty quicker than expected. Wow, that's awesome. Mate. So that was a, a big. Big PB day for him, uh, along with with Marco Albert. On the girls' side of things, you had Meredith Kessler thirteen minutes quicker than expected, and uh, Gina Five and Candace Hammond three minutes quicker. So it was a yeah, it was pretty bloody good conditions. It was uh, it was very cold to start, and but then on the bike there was um, people were complaining about the wind. There was not that much wind, was and it? then uh, and the run was uh, was was. I mean, I, I was getting hot, but it wasn't It wasn't overly overly hot and it wasn't It was pretty windy. windy the night before, wasn't it? Oh, jeez, we'll talk about that a bit later on. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay, so we're going to go back. We'll be doing lots of more Ironman New Zealand coverage in today's show. We're going to be doing some age group stuff. John will actually give a bit more of a detailed kind of race report based on his kind of race later on in the show. But we're going to go through some other news. And a few weeks ago, we talked about the Spades coast-to-coast and uh, we didn't actually come back with the results. And uh, so we just thought we might whip them because we're actually going to talk a little bit about this later on based on the muzzer
1: yep so, Baden Curry smoked everybody on the coast to coast. He did eleven hours and eighteen minutes, and this is one point that the Holy Hammer Murray will make later on. You know, uh, Richard Usher was second, eleven thirty-eight. The point he was making was, you know, these guys are winning, but they're winning three hours longer than what it takes to, to win an Ironman race. And interestingly, with the men's race, you had Baden Curry's brother Glenn Curry in third place uh, on the guys' side of things. Girls' side of things, you had uh, Jess Simpson, who's I think. Uh, she well, she smoked the two-day last year, which they have a, a one-day and a two-day event. She absolutely obliterated her, I think set all sorts of course records. And she ended up winning by 13 minutes, but it was actually... Getting pretty tight there from Alina Usher because Jess Simpson, I think, came out of her boat on the paddle, and that can cost you a lot of time. Mm. And uh, and I think she was also sort of starting to bonk pretty badly as well. So she ended up doing it relatively comfortably, but it was um, looking marginal there at some stage. And then you had Anna Thompson in third place. So the girls are taking 13 hours uh, to do to do their race. So again, sort of about four hours longer than than the Ironman girls when they're winning. So that was the coast to coast for. Twenty, fourteen.
0: So, Challenge Family have announced the Challenge Fort Village uh, Sardinia, Sardinia, Sardinia um, race. Now, John, I was going to thinking, Victoria. I know you listen to the show. So, Victoria, can you send us through how many races you guys are doing nowadays? Because they mm. must have.
1: Yeah, it's almost like every week we get an email from Challenge saying they've got a new race happening. Is a it? lot happening, and this yeah. one looks like another spectacular one. It's just a half distance race, but uh, you know, whenever you see pictures of sort of Sardinia and around there, it uh, it always looks pretty spectacular. So this looks like another one of those ones.
0: They really are. Your expansion is crazy, isn't it? Mm.
1: Yeah. So, um, Ultra Ultra Man Florida happened. Was it? Did it happen last weekend? Did it? It did. And we couldn't find the results. And I still I, this morning I was trying to pull up the website and I still couldn't do it. So, but I still want to give a bit of love to the winners um, because Slow Twitch have done an interview with them. And you had Chuck Kimmy take out the guys' race, and then we had uh, one of our Epic Camp girls, Julie Shelley, take out the girls' race. And it sounded like. They had some pretty rough conditions out there at times because, uh, you know, sometimes you think Florida, yeah, they've got the pancake flat course, but they had, they set the course uh, out through some hills and also they had, uh, just looking at the pictures, they yes, had some weird, doesn't it? pretty
0: torrential rain. Well, I went to Florida once and I was there for like two days or maybe three days doing some work and uh, seriously, the rain they get <laughs> is pretty crazy. It's yeah. not cold, it's warm, yeah. but it's it's like the world's going to end yeah but it was going to end for 10 minutes and then mm. then it's fine and then the world's going to end again yeah. it was pretty horrific so um yeah, i'm in florida i mean ultraman florida and and this article talks a little bit about the expansion of ultraman and how it's kind of becoming bigger mm. than what it has been in the past now yeah. i don't know what ultraman will eventually come become but you know they're expanding it's good
1: yeah good times uh any other news john no that's it that's okay sponsor john Athlinks.com.
0: Tell us about congratulations.
1: So this is the thing, we had Ironman New Zealand at the weekend and you're wondering, you know, everybody always goes around, oh great race, great race, great race, but you've got to do your research if you want to, if you or if you don't know if somebody's had a great race, and this is what I do from a coaching perspective, I'm thinking, you look at someone's time and you're going, ah oh, right, is that a good time for them or not, sort of in the ballpark, I think they were going to go around about that time. Fantastic thing with Athlinks is you just go in there, plug in the person's name, click on their Ironman results, and it'll pull up all their Ironman results, providing they've obviously on Athlinks and, and claimed them, and then you can just say, uh, you know well done, sweet. It was either, or you can go, oh, yeah. maybe start open with a slightly different question. You know? How was your race out there? Instead of saying, oh, fantastic effort, great, yeah, great time. Yeah, because lots of people saying great race to you. Come on, let's be honest. <laughs> <Yeah>. well, that's <laughs> the thing, then you're right. Was, no, you No, you are right. I mean, I, I got, the, got the job done, but people say, oh, far out, that was fast. And it's like, no, it's not really. And a and, and number of people that I know that I don't coach, you know, I was in a similar position. I thought, I looked at the times, was that a good one? Not sure. Checked out on an Afflynx. How do you get through. around that? What do you do? Well, then you say, oh, you, then you come in and say, oh, how, how'd your race go? And instead of saying, fantastic race, well done, awesome, fast, you go, you know, how was it? And then it gives them the opportunity to say, well, it was okay, it was this, that, and the other thing, or I had a fantastic run, fantastic bike, but swim was crap, and give them the opportunity. But, yeah, it gets a bit, I don't know, from my perspective after a while, I mean, I love people coming up and saying, well done, awesome, good, good stuff, but... Um, yeah, you kind of you feel like a bit. I feel like I'm a bit of, bit of a downer when I keep saying, yeah, it wasn't really that great. <laughs> and, um, so, anyway, great athlinks, awesome tool for going out there, checking out what people have done in the past, and then you can give them the, either the, the big high five or the sort of halfway five.
0: Nice. And you can give them a bit of love on this on athlinks on if you want. Give them a bit of mm. message saying, you're a legend. Or, maybe you're
1: not a legend, keep working on it. Exactly. For all those guys race Ironman New Zealand, remember you can go on there and you can put up your unofficial results and then they will be getting them all updated in the next week or so.
0: Okay, so this week's discussion of the week, we were asking who would guess John's time and what were they going to get you, their name on your top?
1: Yep, so I've got my Project 2014 uh, race kit that now will be coming off the print because it's going to happen. Uh, and... On the back of that, anybody that donates and helps my little cause to get there, which you can do on coachjohnproject2014.com, they will get their name on the back of my race suit. And so as I said last week, whoever guesses closest to my time will get their name on there without having to cough up any dollars. And Colin
0: Bolanski, he took it out. He went nine nine 9.16.02. So your official time was 9.16.18. Now, Bryden Hardy's kind of stuffed up because he got the time right, but he didn't put the
1: seconds in. He did, and I saw Brian after the race because he, he was up there, and he... Uh yeah, I, I actually remember that he had predicted 9.16. I said, Brian, I think you've uh, taken it out. You've taken I you've it done out. It. And I still thought that when I was scanning through the flipping 120 odd yeah, posts that are up popular. there and uh, found that actually Colin put in a few seconds there. So it just took you down, Brian. Yeah. So Colin Boloski, 9.16.02, which was very close. Brian Hardy, he said just 9.16. <laughs> and I think he was. Um, yeah, he was trying to figure out his own time and he had a bit of a, a lot of people said at Ironman New Zealand this year that they found the swim really rough and Bryant took a beating in the in the swim as did a, did a lot of the girls and he sort of struggled a bit after that. I've never had that um, situation where you go into a bit of a panic attack, but I know a lot of people yeah. have, and uh, and it, it took a, you know, a huge amount of energy for him to to get back on track after that. To focus again, yeah. Wow. I think, yeah, I got his.
0: I must got, be, like I'm like you. I've never had it, and I'm I kind of seem to be able to cope with those situations quite well. Mm. And also, I was always a little bit stronger. So if someone was going to beat me up, I was willing to kind of give it back. But at the same time, um, I imagine, especially in water, like it's one mm. thing to have a panic attack, but if you're in water and you have a panic attack. Jeez, that's gonna be a horrible situation to be in. I know one of the guys I coached a guy to do an Ironman last year, and uh, and he'd never swam. and I remember he pulled out his, his like the Ashburton one, yeah, just because he was
1: you know he just panicked in the water mm. and you know it must be a horrible place to be. So, mm. so we had some others who got very very close. <laughs> uh, Ricardo Coderio he went nine seventeen, so he was only uh, forty seconds off. And Simon Hearn had nine fifteen. Jeff Martindale had nine fourteen fifty nine. David Pico had 9.16.53, so pretty close. And then yeah. Anna Dempsey had 9.15 as well. So a lot of people in the right ballpark. i what well, got to say, I was a bit disappointed with some of the posts. Zania <laughs> Morrison put 9.46, and a lot of other people put that around that time. And I was like, come on, give me a break. Come on. My,
0: my worst... You didn't have a great day, but <laughs> you, you
1: don't give 9.40. My worst time has been like 9.30 something, and that's been exploding. And I was like... Jeez I did crack up Give me because, a bit of a
0: break. <laughs> because I could tell you it disappointed it was. Because you know, I put the posts up and before often before I finish the website. So then I go on and then by the time I finish the website, there's often a few people who have been, you know, on the Facebook page and put some posts up. And then I, I kinda checked that later on, day and It was it was pretty obvious it was gonna be a popular post. And then John had gone on <laughs> defending. Give me himself. a break. <laughs> <laughs> he, he done, here's my stats, here's what I've done already. Come on, team. God.
1: But a lot of you I did appreciate a lot of people putting up some good times. There was some sub nine times but up a little bit there as
0: well. The other way as well, wasn't there?
1: Yeah, there was only one, one. I think somebody put seven fifty nine. That was probably a little bit out of reach. Yeah. But uh, there's a few. There's a few sub, so up, up, that sub nines. A few, few around what we predicted. I think we predicted about nine o five. Yeah. So in hindsight, that would. have Do you have
0: think nine was possible?
1: Yep. Yep, uh, that would have been a really, really good day. You know, in the back of my mind, I thought oh, maybe sub nine. But uh, even if I'd had my the the best race of my life, I don't think I would have been sub nine. So you're just not in, in the in the condition the moment, where I'm at, yeah, yeah, yeah. So
0: okay, so this week, John, obviously something's happened because John's got. What is something your wife, husband, partner told you that you should do around training that you didn't listen to, but when your coach or training partner told you to do it, all of a sudden it was a great idea? Is this something? Is this coming from somewhere? Well, it's a bit of both. So <laughs> come on, but, tell the yeah. story. Sorry.
1: No, but, but I'm just thinking, saying yep. that I should be doing more flexibility work and more yeah. uh, more core conditioning work, yep. which I should. Don't really listen to her, but I probably will maybe do some of it. But it's also uh, another – Have you ever tried like, – because I remember when I
0: went out, my last partner, Annalise, she tried to start teaching at the gym, mm. and, uh, and she was doing quite well. And, uh, you know, within the gym world, without setting up myself, I'm one of the world's best at what I do. Mm. And uh, – and so, you know, I'd give her some advice, you know, just go yeah. along and say, hey, Bab, we're just watching what you're doing. Here's a couple of things here. Yeah.
1: Didn't want to have a bar of it. No.
0: Didn't want to have a bar of it. Anyone else in the world want to hear what I say, not here.
1: Yeah. No, and, and, and another mate of mine, his wife is, uh, is doing triathlon as well and, and he'd be trying to give her training advice and stuff and, uh, and also telling her not to read a book while she's on the wind trainer yep. and she didn't have a bar of that and then she, I, I gave her a program recently, she's going, this is the hardest week of training I've done in my bloody life and, Ma- and Matho said, that's what I told you to do. And uh, so we, we hear a lot Although, of. Although the whole I told you so doesn't really help. No. No,
0: that's the thing is, like, in that moment you said to go, oh, that's, that's, that's great. Mm. I'm,
1: I'm glad you're progressing. So that's what we put out there. of so, so your wife. What partner, is that thing? Yeah, they've told you to do, and you go, okay, I'm not doing that. Somebody else tells you, that's a great idea. Oh, legendary. Oh, yeah. never thought of that one. Yeah. <laughs>
0: okay, here's some music.
1: age
0: groupers, groupers of, the of the week. Oh, groupers of the week. So this week, we've had an email through from John Newsom,
1: <laughs> and he's saying... This is a, this is a tribute to the, the 35 to 39-year age group because I went into this race here, right, you know, I thought, might sh- hopefully be able to go low nines. You're kind of guaranteeing yourself that you were going to... Mm, and I thought... So if I have an average day or well, below no average day I'll probably still be about actually what I did sort of about 9:15 something like that and I thought even if I explode and I go 9:30 something so rather slot. still going to get my slot Oh, how wrong I was. Oh, how wrong he was. <laughs> so, and I've got to say, uh, Matt Merrick, who almost single-handedly managed to clear the uh, the bar on Sunday night with some, uh, oh, really? some flatulence. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> um, He was bitching and moaning because he got 10th place and he did 9.40 and he was like, most other years he would be like, miles up the field and yep. he was only 10th in our age group it was a very very strong okay, so, age group so the
0: age group wise so you, Justin Kerr took it out and he did 9.14 and you're saying he had a pretty smoking race well he smoking rode four, 4.45
1: well
0: because he swam at 107 <laughs> come on Justin shove <laughs> <jump> it up <laughs> when you swim
1: first Ironman as well wow and, that's pretty smoking and then ran 3.13 so a real foot. strong bike and then you then Paul you know Pod took out third um, Quentin, Quentin. Was, Quentin, was, Quentin Fogarty was uh, in 4th place and the Phil and aid, we'll talk about his race a bit yeah, later a bit on, was in 5th. Well, still 9.21 in 5th place and then 9.29, 9.32, 9.32, 9.39, 9.40 down to 10th place. And so, you know, there was, there was four slots in our age group so 4th place was 9.20. It did end up rolling uh, down a few places but still. Who didn't take them? The first guy didn't take it and then Pod already Didn't had his too, yeah. one, so Phil got first roll down, and then I guess uh, so it probably rolled to six, so okay. nine nine twenty nine. But then I thought I'll go back because and and have a look at the previous years because I was like, man, I thought that was really strong. The previous and and I guess my point that I'm trying to make with this this sort of topic here is, is split is the difference in times from year to year at Ironman New Zealand is massive. Yeah,
0: because last year it was slow, but you, but then you go two years before then, and it wasn't so slow.
1: Yes, yeah, so the year before Dino Gaskin. And took it out in 9.34, so I would have won that age group by, you know, close on 20 minutes, and fifth place was 9.54. But in
0: saying that, it's... You can't really say you would have won it with that time you hit because it's obviously conditions. Because it's like a guy like Rob you no, know, Dino Gaskin, these guys are fast guys. Well,
1: then the year before, Dino Gaskin took out the age group in 907. Yeah. So uh, massive difference in times. And then the previous year before that, uh, Andrew House, who reminded me at the prize giving that he still does have the course record for our age group, uh, and <laughs> nine, 906, but he crushed it that year. He won by uh, by 12 minutes. So, so, really, I guess my point here is a our age group was bloody tough because uh, yeah the guy it was very very close and and you know guys were just smoking it in terms of the overall placings were were very very high up relative to a lot of the other age groups but then you know trying to predict times if you'd done that the previous year you know a 914 would i've gone that probably probably not but uh yeah Dino Gaskin's took at 934 so yeah. Why was it just so strange. hard last year? Was
0: it bad weather last
1: year? Uh, well, it was hot on the run. I don't know why they were biked so slow. So not quite sure.
0: I can't remember, I can't remember the conditions from last year because, as we say, like Dino Gaskin, the year before went nine oh seven, so mm. he was nearly thirty minutes slower mm. from one year to the next. Now, when was the? Well, that was two thousand and eleven. So the, that was the course change as well. Uh, the course change was last year. Yep, yeah. Yeah. So so. but it wouldn't have been thirty minutes to Dino. You know? No. So. Just goes to show that. Did it, his wife did I in mean New Zealand? She right. did. She and, did it right yeah, She's got this
1: great nutrition business. Prop joke. i a few weeks ago. I, I I got her confused with someone else, and she oh. came, came and bit my ear off at the prize. Oh, did game. You? Yeah. But she? Yeah. So she she had a good race, but again, thankful she got her kind of slot in seventy point three in Auckland, which is mm. kind of a relief because I think she got she wouldn't have got one there in Tapo because there was some smoking fast Australian girl there. So there you go. Predicting times and kind of qualifying places is a little bit dangerous you just got to go out there same for phil he managed to get his spot with 921 i thought he was probably going to go closer to to 930 and had he done that uh he wouldn't have got a slot so you just got to go out there and race as fast as you can not just, worry about what the hell else is going on out just there. just while we're
0: in the kind of age group of the week segment uh, what are some other stories that were kind of impressive from the day i know we're going to talk about phil and later later on but
1: uh, so Bevan McKinnon, he was the first age grouper overall. He finished in ninth place. That was that was, like pretty was pretty impressive. Uh, and then I guess probably the other one. Great from, name. Yeah, great name. Yeah, mm-hmm. he, he had a good, solid day. But I think probably the guy that took our age group was, um, was the most impressive. He he rode a 4.45 on Ironman debut and then backed that up with a, with a 3.13. So what's so, his history? Is he a cyclist? Yeah, he's ex, ex-cyclist. So 4.45, a lot of other courses around the world. Yeah, that's that's okay. It's not that fast, but at Taupo, that's basically the same as what the the top pros are riding. So Cam Brown rode 440. Most of the guys like Bevan and so on were rode 443. Yeah. So he was, and that would have been 445 solo off the front. So I think. Do you think
0: you're going to kitchen? him? Uh, he also the splits?
1: Yeah, Blunder was giving me splits, and no, not really. She she got. I think the first split was. Um, Six minutes, and then it was down to four thirty, and then it was down to three something yeah, or other.
0: I, th- I thought you were going because at one stage she was doing the Twitter updates, and she said, you know, maybe three thirty off the front, and you know, and it looked like you were catching him and I was, it looked like there was enough time to catch him If you, I,
1: I did blow quite badly in the in the third lap, so if I had, not it probably would have actually got pretty close. I was only a, what is a minute and a half behind at the end, so yeah, and I probably lost a minute and a half easily on that last lap. So I guess it probably would have been pretty close, mm, but mm. you know easy to say those things yeah, um, right. the other thing I would say about this and this is one thing that um, Bevan McKinnon mentioned to me at the the prize giving because I've been saying look the bike times and again the bike times are not particularly quick and yet what he was really saying is these days the packs don't form on the bike it was a, I was solo for most for, for, for big parts of the bike ride I was completely solo Why? nobody around I just—I'm not sure if if there's just not quite the depth here, but it seems like you know a lot of the the time seemed quite quick. Like your your argument is, we've just done a whole segment on.
0: Well, look how strong my my age group is, Mm. and so you know, like if you would go back to the years past, you'd argue well. In that case, you would have had less packs in the past.
1: So, so like when you came past me in yeah, well, there was a pack, wasn't there? Yeah, in two thousand and five, seven like or whatever 70. it was. Yeah, a big pack, and and most of the races you, you see these packs forming, but a lot of these guys here were solo. So Pod, um, who got third, he I could see him on the bike. He was. I'm pretty sure he was solo most of the way um, uh, well what's
0: interesting if we look at this here, if we look at just your age group category, the top 10 guys the swim times are all over the place <laughs> yeah. so you've got a 107, you've got a 51 and 54 57, 101, 57, 1 55, 57, so you all came out at different times. And, and
1: the bike and times are sort of similar they? yeah
0: they're all similar aren't they, so they all sit within like a, other than Justin Kuh, who absolutely killed it it's mm. kind of like a 3 or 4 minute split between the bike times but the swim times were massive so you all just got out of the water at the wrong times didn't it mm, mm. so then no one you know there was no one who were kind of together
1: so yeah so I think that was that was right it's, it's not a fast course it's just it's it's a lot I'll, I'll go into the course later on it's a lot tougher than it looks <laughs> so there you go 35 to 39 age group big effort this year at Ironman New Zealand well give up those years yeah you come back when you're 40
0: yeah uh sponsor we've got coffees of all age John. tell me about it what, about, what was I going to talk about coffee? You're going to talk about Product 141. It is <laughs> <laughs> One, good old Product 141. I thought it
1: was the Hilo coffee.
0: That's right. I'm, I'm... Our bright, full-bodied, 100% Hilo coffee is roasted mildly to retain its fresh essence. Hints of butter and spice are rounded out with floral afternotes, a perfect cup to serve alongside your favourite dessert or
1: morning pastry.
0: So no, does I'm it go for
1: your sweetness, does it? I guess it must do. But I'm, I'm just excited about Hilo because we're going there for, for on our Epic Camp this year over oh, yeah? in, on kinda and I've never been there before. And people don't rave about Hilo, but it's just there's the other side of the island and it's nice and lush and we I just pray like anything we don't get the rain because you talked about the rain in Florida it's a bit like and that, it? Uh, it is gonna be full on. The but I'm just gonna ex- end? Yeah. We're gonna I'm, end I'm, here
0: today, but I went oh, last night.
1: There's rubbish bins everywhere out there, I tell you, because Tuesday morning's rubbish rubbish collection day in our area and they're all all over the road, and they're falling oh, over all over we've the we've got
0: place. this big tree right there. You know that big tree there? Oh, that one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> i just <pointing> to it. <laughs> and uh, I was worried it was
1: going to fall over last night, For the oh, really? house. Yeah, it was so windy. I was like, Oh man, if that tree falls down, we're in trouble. It's also windy in Kona, <laughs> but if you want to get yourself a bit of Hilo coffee there, uh, get on it. Coffeeshawaii.com. Get yourself an eight ounce bag of any sort of grind you want. Do you like 1528. You like butter I love butter
0: what do you like butter on because like, I don't have a lot of butter because it's you know I'm a health no deficient. it's fat fat's your friend that's right so go feel
1: but, fat butter on a hot cross bun
0: yeah
1: I like butter on a on a, a cheesy white piece of bread or oh, you know, a really? cheesy, cheesy bun you know, that, cheesy bun yeah a bit of not, I know there's not a lot of goodness in, in white bread but just having some cheesy white bread with butter on top so it's for me marmite sandwich
0: mm-hmm. or toasted marmite sandwich yeah Hot cross buns. Yeah. Yeah, Need needs some butter on there. Uh, butter's good. Hot muffin.
1: Mm-hmm. Butter.
0: Yeah. Butter's fat. Fat's good. Yeah. Fat is good. Get some fat into you. And that's the great thing about this is hints of butter in the fragrant rain. Yeah. So there we go, guys. Get Coffees it. Coffeesofhawaii.com. Uh, there we go. Check, check, check it out. Coffees of Hawaii. Okay, guys. One, two, three, four. Ha-fa!
1: I've did my karate chop my
0: computer. And
1: ironically, the contributor of this week's High Five, hey, what? Colin what? Bielkowski, uh, yeah, submitted this post in here. What's his nickname? Isn't he the burglar? The convict, the I think. The convict, that's it. The convict. Okay,
0: he's got, hi Bevan, hope all is well. I believe you guys talked about this on the podcast and John posted this on his blog, that Ironman Iron Man New Zealand is the oldest outside of Kona, but I believe that it may be incorrect. Ironman Canada started, uh, celebrated its 30th anniversary in 2012. The first couple of years of it, it was called an ultra triathlon, not Ironman, but they recognised in 2012 as it was been running for 30 years. The first race
1: was 1983, so... So I think well, we're still right. It's the 30th Ironman edition. So I get what you're saying, Colin, but... Uh, it's a Ironman funny one, because I New, isn't Zealand, it? Cause New 30th... Zealand wasn't a full distance for years. it was few still years. called an yeah. Ironman yeah. so No, we're claiming it. We're New B- buggy you, Colin. You yeah. can hear your name on my top, but that's, that's it. You're Canadian's A.
0: Yeah. A? A? Yeah. Okay, high five. So he's done He's done us a high five as well. He's, we're not picking on you, Colin. You won the prize, and mm. you're on the top five. So we love your work. He's got the best things about triathlon. John,
1: but you go first. Number one, how triathlon ages you before your time, i.e., the start list says you're 30 when you're still 29 S- very true because I remember mean on the uh, the prize giving, I think it was the seventy five to seventy nine age group. They were reading that. Mike Riley was you know pumping it up, and he goes, "And here he comes. He's seventy four years old from wherever he was from, and taking out the seventy five to seventy nine age uh-huh. group." So it does age you up, Jumbo. Mm. Mm-hmm. Don't worry a question but it kind of went out of my head uh, so it's all about the date of the year that they take their calculation from which I guess must be the It 31st, start from a date it yeah. must be the 31st of December so if you're a 29 yeah you're turning you're, it's the year that you turn that year so how old are you now? I'm 37 so I'll be but I'll be after this year do you think 30? you'll wait
0: till, to 40 again
1: to try to do it again so you get podium at Kona? I've got no plans to do it again after this year anytime soon. <laughs> so Great done. experience. Yeah. Uh,
0: how your tight and aero tri-suit shows off the pounds that
1: you didn't lose. Oh, That's true. So true. There is, you know what, if you uh, If you went super corset sort of tight then it might sort of keep it tucked in there but yeah. most of the time skin stuff is not tight enough and you do have... We all yeah. have a bit of...
0: When you're feeling ultra sharp, like back in those days when, when I was really sharp, you know, you could pull off those types of clothes, and that is yeah. pretty cool when you're feeling sharp and you just know you're looking the crap. There's a cool moment to that, but when you've kind of have lost those last couple pounds.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I had a bit of jelly belly out there. Uh, number three, how peeing on yourself is suddenly an acceptable behavior. Well, I read your race report, and apparently you are peeing on yourself all day. Jesus. Huh? I was just, yeah, it was like a hose out there. And they made it a specific. Somebody did ask me. I can't remember who it was. Specifically asked me. So it's okay to pee on the bike, isn't it? Because they'd said specifically in the not to yeah in in the race briefing there is no public um, urination or going to the toilet in in public. So I said no, no stopping on the side of the road. Yeah, you've got to use the the toilets. And I said, look, they're not going to bust you on the bike. (laughs) Well, they no they wouldn't I think if you flopped it out yeah, uh, Melina style it. used
0: yeah. to do that
1: I think that would, would cause some the, some fury from the, the race referees but I think outside of that I think you're pretty safe ok
0: uh, number 4 having to explain to someone that no I didn't do an Ironman I did an Ironman 70.3 and then having to ask them you, why it's called an Iron Man, and then and so on and so on. that's so stupid. Why, just call it
1: 70.3. I think
0: it's Does anyone stu- actually call it an Iron Man 70.3? Oh, place? yeah. Oh, really? Big time.
1: Big time. In Auckland, it was very confusing. Oh, really? They were saying the winner of uh, Iron Man Auckland you know, oh, in, really? the, in the papers and stuff because the media don't understand. No, they, right. they, they say, yeah, just call it 70.3. It's interesting. Stupid. Stupid, John. It's stupid. Number five, how most people don't really look that flattering in a tri-suit, but thank heaven for the few that do. I think Colin needs to lose a few pounds. I think he's been insecure because it's it's that, kind of the
0: same as tip number two. <laughs> I think it? I think he's Colin, let's be honest here, I think you're going,
1: I need to sharpen up, I'll do a high five. Oh that one's here, oh, oh no. I one thing that was really funny, you know, I give Phil a bit of a hard time on the show saying he's yeah, but bit, bit, bit yeah, big. Yeah. And then people coming up to me at the pub going, Phil's really not that big is he? <laughs> <laughs> she and his wife found that particularly humorous well how's her job going because she was looking forward to working yeah that ain't happening <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay do you, want, do you want to add anything to that
1: uh, no that's, that's all do you Just know what best
0: thing about doing triathlon is having a race there we go okay uh, I'm going to put some music on because John's race report is coming up Oh, here we go John's oh, race report. Works. Okay, so basically, what we're gonna say is, i Man New Zealand. What's happening? He's had a pre he's had a project. He's done yep. a website. Yeah, committed a lot of time to the website. Really, haven't you? Yeah, it does take a lot time. On, actually, you know, he had pre-season. Had a race up in Auckland. Mm-hmm. Killed it. Mm-hmm. Thought, wow, my season goes like this the rest of the year. I'm gonna be it. <laughs> Big time. Goes to Auckland. Gets disappointed by a guy called Pod. Yes. You know, and, uh, but, you know, confident he could go to IMAN New Zealand, still get a slot, had some ambitions. How did it go? Some people would
1: say cocky. um,
0: (laughs) Some people. Some people would. I would say everybody.
1: Yeah. But, uh, (laughs) I knew what I I could do. I think, um, well, one thing I was going to say to Bevan before, which I did say before we started recording, when I was going up to Tap, I was thinking, oh, I wonder if this event's a bit tired. Because I have
0: to admit, when I did it, John, John's – I'm going to interrupt him, but he's going to say that you're wondering if it's kind of lost its mojo. Mm. And and I have to admit, I think the last time I did it, I got the feeling it was losing its mojo. Mm. Like, I'd done it maybe four or five times up to that point, and it seemed like the crowds were a little bit less, the atmosphere was a little bit less, and so, you know, know, seven or eight years later, or five, eight
1: years later. And it was complete opposite. I was blown away. Like, the support on the run course was – Far more than what I've really? experienced before it was just everywhere and the the good thing they do at Iron man is, is is now they put your name on your on your, yeah. your thing so I was thinking oh lots of people know me from Iron talk but I don't think many did. <laughs> I think uh, people just go go John I mean there were there was some great supporters out there and I really appreciate all that but just every Joe blogs out there was just it was just. Awesome. Really. So I couldn't. There's only two things that I could fault the event on, and that was one. I probably went to registration when it was the busiest time, and there was a pretty big queue for registration. And then, like how do you get around that? More you people? Can't, Yeah, yeah it's, yeah. it's like then they'll have another ten people on, and we be sitting there doing nothing yeah, most yeah. of the time. So that was just a bit, a little bit painful. And then um, the new roll down procedure, where then there's. So a,
0: yeah. So tell us how that worked. So they changed it, didn't they?
1: Yeah. It's basically an awards. Basically it basically meant there was two awards ceremonies, and beforehand. I was saying oh well, I suppose that could be kind of cool and it, and it was kind of cool but Trained essentially it meant, it meant there was two prize givings and like yeah you've got to recognise the people that do well but I think the old system actually in hindsight so what, works what, what, better so what was the difference Well, so everybody who's wants to go has to go into the auditorium and it's basically like a prize giving so you say right um, yep. First place come up, if you don't come up. Okay, it's going to roll down, and we just go through. And so it's like a it's like a prize giving procedure. You go up, and you got your lay, and then you went out and, uh, and oh, okay. Paid your paid your money, and that was where the problem was. Again, there was this massive queue um, because we were one of the last last age groups to go up, and we had to queue for 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 a long time. That was the only two things that went wrong. So that, and then, what then at the dinner they did. Another then the dinner, then the dinner, you've got your yeah you know, your normal prize giving. So it's um, so do
0: you think it hasn't actually created any more efficiency?
1: No, it's, it's far, far from it. It's created inefficiency, I think. But it probably has created a touch more excitement. Um, In that roll-down process. Yeah, but at the same time, it didn't because... You know, um, Mike Riley was saying, look, people aren't that excited when they're coming up here to get their slots, but you kind of, you know you've got your slot. Oh. Whereas when you used to go to the roll-down procedure, you're sitting there waiting, 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 yeah. going, am I going to get it? Am I going to get it? And, uh, and, and you so- knew
0: from the start in the old days because everyone else had paid for them who wanted them. Mm. So you go, okay, 40 to 45, okay, we've got two spots available. And then mm. everyone's like, oh, okay, well... You know, Mm. whereas, you know, you knew
1: you were going to take your slot, you knew you had it, so why would you be excited? And so for me, it was, I've got to sit through this and then I've got to wait in a long queue, whereas in the past I could have just rocked up and you just pay your money. So, So, So then lastly, just before we move on, what was the longest roll down? Uh, pretty sure it was 40 to 44. That seemed to roll quite away, And maybe the 55 to 59, because I know in that slot, Molina didn't take his, and Ken Glar got his slot, uh, and that rolled a number of places down. So I think it's Ironman number 32 for Ken Glar. The woman's 50 to 54, that rolled a couple of slots, because we had a Christchurch girl, Sarah Bleer, get, get her slot there. She was pretty pumped about that. Uh, Jan Wanklin took that one out, uh, but didn't take her slot. So, yeah, most age groups rolled very, very minimally, if at all. Um but there was a few. Okay. <clears throat>
0: so so overall I mean using this is a bloody good race. Yeah. Highly recommend it. Oh. Great
1: crowds. Great atmosphere. It's yeah nothing behind it. Yeah, no, I mean I wouldn't bullshit. If it was crap I'd probably say yeah. it was crap, but yeah. I was very impressed. Uh, it helped it helped it was a, it was a nice day. But just the whole experience as well. I don't usually go to the, the pre yeah. the pre sort of um carbo loading thing, but I did this year. That was good. And then the, the after party was good. The race was faultless, my, in- my in-laws came up and-, and watched it and they were just blown away by the whole thing in terms of uh, you know the people that are out there for, for ages and all that sort of stuff fantastic entertainment through the day you know they on the on that sort of like a hot corner with a massive big screen there so you can yes. sit there and have a, have some food at the cafes and me watching the race so and you said the live coverage was pretty good so yeah thumbs up did a very good job yeah, quite annoying, New Zealand. so overall for me um i saw you know three bullet points summarize it for me i was pretty happy with the outcome obviously getting the the kona slot i was happy with my effort during the day because um you know, i Put it all out there and and didn't have any. Um, you, know, you don't look back and go, "Oh, I could have done this." Yeah, and yeah. then uh, but overall, disappointed with the performance. It was quite a bit slower than what I wanted to go and what I think I'm capable of going. So it wasn't my best day at the office. So and I guess that maybe leads on to quite a few posts out there. People reminding me how I got checked twice. <laughs> I got so many emails <laughs> and uh, and. You know what, I, I, I go on about it, that it does bug me, and but I'm actually not that bothered about it at all. Uh, because I didn't have my best day, I'm not actually, you know, I, I would be disappointed if I didn't get checked in that race because I didn't have a great day. If I'd had a really good day and got checked, I'd be pretty pissed off with myself. Yep. and, uh, and definitely with
0: the John, because you're
1: getting older. I am, I am. Definitely okay. go. But I, I, I'm realistic that I think 9.05, if I'd had a really good race, I think 9.05 would have been realistic. pretty much as good as it could have, could have got, and that would have had me you know, a couple of minutes quicker than Meredith, and that's about where I feel I sit. If I have a really good race, I think I can beat most girls in the world. When I go to Kona, if I have my best race... I think I might struggle to beat the first oh, couple yeah. of girls, really? but I'm, I should be in the same sort of ballpark. So for all you people that reminded me I got checked, yes I did, and I, uh, I'm, yeah. over well. <laughs> 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 I'm over it already.
0: I'm over it already. You played it on yourself. Yeah. Okay, so leading into the race, how were you feeling?
1: I was feeling reasonably confident. Obviously I had the big concern about my foot and how that was so going. So what share because we
0: didn't actually say on the show what was wrong with the foot.
1: So I had a bit of a sore foot, and... So took it a little bit easier and then I did my final two two weeks out Phil and I did a a simulation where it was basically going to be, I think we did about three hours on the bike and I was going to do a two hour run at Ironman pace off the bike got into that run about an hour and so my foot started getting sore again, and I sort of pulled the pin at about the hour thirty mark, and thought, oh, this is not getting any better. Better go get it checked out." Um, John Hallman's had a look at it, and he said this is sort of all the hallmarks of probably a stress fracture waiting to happen, or or it's already in, in the initial stages of a stress fracture. So had some inflammation um, around the bone and, and what have you. So I was like, oh. "So really, in the last two weeks, I only did I think I did three twenty-minute runs, and and what was the pain like?" On the in the race, uh, I took a um, some paracetamol coming off, uh, towards the end of the bike. So I took one one paracetamol tablet, and then it got progressively sore as I was going through the run. At halfway, I took another paracetamol, and then it, um, it that helped it a lot. So it was sore during the run, but it, I can't use it as an excuse. It, it didn't didn't it didn't slow okay. me down at all. So it was but, just there. Mm, so, so that was a bit of a bugger. But yeah, going into the race. The, the, um, the, the race week I'd been quite on edge all week, you know, reasonably nervous. There was a bit of pressure on. I did have to, to get the, the job done and, and I had put out there what I thought I was gonna do and and if I didn't do it, the whole project twenty fourteen was gonna be in a little bit of difficulty. Yeah, I put a lot of pressure on you. Had the third back up with a Kona seventy point three, but had, to to that, cone, yeah, that was gonna be you know, I'd have to have another really good race there and prepare for it. So but then on race morning, um wasn't really very nervous at all And I tell you what though The night before We've got some crazy ass weather Here today in Christchurch But the night before It was Wake you up Level wind It was extre- really? <laughs> Pretty extreme Belinda was lying there Neither of us Slept very well Going holy shit This race This one's going to get cancelled But thankfully By the time we got up It was just Died away complete there was no no wind whatsoever. But I tell you what, it was you had cold and in, in Wanaka we had the same sort of cold there. It was uh, I was looked at the weather forecast and I was saying it was three degrees out there and it certainly wow. it certainly felt like that. So it's three degrees centigrade. So it was cold. Um, in the transition area, um, Pod is was racked close to me because he's O'Doherty and I'm Newsome, so I think there was about three or four bikes between us. Saw him there. If you remember from Auckland, somebody said that he was going to slap my ass as he came past, which apparently was a lie. Um, but I thought, I saw him in transition. I'm going to go give him a little arse slap, said, that's yeah, I won't be doing that later on because I'm going to be smoking you and you're not going to see me. And oh how ironic that was. Yeah, <laughs> You'll hear about that later on. And so pre-race, yeah, all, all pretty much going to plan. It was pretty cold and pretty happy to get in the water. Really did, you know, I don't do much of a warm-up for Man, but this race in particular, I did basically no warm-up. I sort of, wow. uh, I, was just, I was just, I was running a little bit behind schedule and it sort of just got in the water and probably swam, you know, couple of hundred meters, did a couple of sprints and then need to get up on the start line. Everybody was, was forming up on the line pretty early on so I needed to get now my position. Now you guys start how long, 15 minutes behind the pros? So yeah, the pro men go off at 6.45 when it's still pretty dark. I would say that has taken a bit away from the event and it probably does the same at other <laughs> events around the world as well. And the first time I did taupo, I was shitting my pants. Um, Could
0: you sit near for the top pros?
1: Well, not, not, not that, but the, everybody starts together. Well the pros had like a, we had about a 50 meter head start or something like that. Like that. But in New Zealand, they have the waka coming off the water, yeah. and it's a really pumping, spine-tingling sort it's, of experience. There's
0: an aura about it, isn't it? They have the, the Maori culture, and they have these guys in this waka, and all these kind of warrior-looking guys, and they'll be doing haka, and they'll be doing the Maori kind of songs and stuff. And and often in Taupo, the steam's coming off the water as well. Mm. So it's, it's a really, a pretty special thing that happens, isn't it? It is.
1: And this, this time around, they, apparently they did do the haka, but I think they must have done it at like 6.40 or something okay. just before the pros. So I missed all that. I was I was probably style in the in the transition area. So that certainly took it away and it didn't feel that the whole tension was not there that it, like it had been in previous races. So yeah, the pros left fifteen minutes early, uh and then the girls were were a minute behind that. So it's just all us us age groupers heading off the heading off the, the start. We have to have a pause here, Bevan. I've got to you have to time me for a wee stop again. Oh I'm, not, I'm not gonna get through this is gonna be a long section. I'm not gonna make it through. Okay, where well, you go? I can't remember where, where, where. We're at the start of this one. Start
0: of this one. okay, so the big cannon goes off?
1: Yeah, so I positioned myself to the, the, the Ironman New Zealand course is quite open, it's basically a, it's a sort of a straight out and back course, positioned myself on the far right because mainly I thought that's where the, the fast swimmers are going to be, also it means I breathe to my left, I don't breathe hypoxically, uh, so I can see what's going on all the way on, on the left hand side and... And it's also the shortest shortest way to swim the course. So started there, cranked it out the first couple of hundred and uh very clean start. I didn't have anybody lay a hand on me, basically. It was was great. And then just sort of, you know, a couple of hundred meters in, just assessing the situation. And there was was a few guys blowing off the front pretty quickly. And I thought, uh, well, I can't catch up to them anyway. And I thought, was nobody here to... Get on nobody's nobody's just in front of me or no feet that I can just jump on so I just slow down and jumped oh, on the did. jumped on the people's feet next to me, and so just just ploughing along there and yeah at about the right intensity and then sort of just trying to assess where I'm at and looked up a few times and I thought saw the plonkers that I was following had let a pack go off the front and I saw a pack of probably about I don't know six or eight sort of about maybe. 30 metres or 40 metres in front of me, I thought oh god, that's going to be a pack I really need to be in, so swam around my dude and uh, and just drilled it for a couple of hundred metres and managed to get up to the, to the pack and got onto a guy who had a really good kick going, so I was pretty pleased with that following along him for a while and then I kinda of sensed he was going either a little bit off course or he was getting dropped or something. And I looked up and again there was another break happening. I thought, oh God, here we go again. Thankfully this time it wasn't quite so far, but I, you know, just lay the hammer down for a while and managed to get back on and then there was yeah, there was just two guys in front of me and I just sat on their feet the rest of the way around the swim basically and they were they were navigating pretty nicely, just following the boy lines and um felt you know, intensity felt pretty right. But when we came around the halfway mark, it just seemed to get progressively slower and slower the further we got in. And, uh, and it was really starting to almost do catch up and finding the intensity very easy. But really just...
0: What fit. do you do in that situation? But aren't yeah. you? Because going around the front, you're going to... Uh, no point.
1: Them, yeah, there's no point. So I just thought, you know, there's nobody in front of me that I could see. Uh, I, figured, I, I kind of thought... I think I'm at, we're actually on about the pace that I I need to be at, and there's not that many people in front of us, so I just thought you know bugger, it, I'm just going to conserve energy. So it was kind of cool. Just swam the last probably you know k or so. It was really quite easy, and was just sort of flexing my feet forward and back to make sure I wouldn't get any cramp. And I was pretty happy that. It was easy I could start thinking about the rest of the race and that the swim had gone pretty much to to plan and I was really happy that I was not exerting much energy and that's what I say to a lot of age group athletes you know when you come out of the swim you really want to feel like you haven't done much work and that was the feeling that I had so quite happy about that I, I could it was quite funny I could sense the guy at the front was getting slower and slower, and the guy in front of me was starting to get a bit twitchy, and he couldn't resist. With about with about maybe 400 to go, he, th- he was just I could just feel him thinking, going, "Oh, we're slowing down here." And he, he ended up swinging around the guy and, and putting in quite a big surge in the last sort of 400, just to just because he thought well, maybe I'm not going hard enough here. So it was <laughs> kind of cool coming out so of this. swing swan- as on well. Sat on, his, sat on his feet, and the other guy sort of went a slightly different direction. And then when we came around the final boy, we were still all together. So right. it was exactly yeah. as you would predict. The guy, when he went to the front, was actually not going any quicker. So turning into coming out of the swim, I've was I, I, I put in my, my blog, I've actually never looked at the, um, the clock when I've come out of a swim before. Yeah. Uh, I've always just had the attitude that, you know, the swim... Is what it is and you get out of there and there's nothing you can do about it. But I was really intrigued to know what time I'd swum because I thought, yeah, you know, this potentially could be a fifty-three minute swim. I was thinking, potentially, if these guys have been pushing along a good pace, it could be about fifty minutes. But I actually thought, you know, I think it's about what I predicted, which was gonna be fifty one minutes, and it was. It was fifty one fifty or fifty one forty, and I thought, you know, that's that's about what I should have gone. So yeah. so it was all good. We've, we talk about the IMA New Zealand swim, it's a really long run from Swim to to T one. It's like four hundred meters yeah, or so.
0: Because the transition is about five
1: minutes, wasn't it? Yeah, and it's great though. You know, great. Yes, it adds on quite a bit of time to your overall um, split, but it's a long run, and you get fantastic crowd support all the way through. You run up along this it's just some green carpet, and it gives you plenty of time to get your composure sorted. And it's a long way, but kind of kind of cool if you just put the time out of your mind. it's, it's a cool part of the race. So I I managed to hustle up a couple of places there, and and had a pretty uh, struggled a bit getting my wetsuit off, but other than that, it was a good transition and um, the way I was on the bike. I think a lot of people, myself included, were a bit apprehensive about how much gear to put on for the bike. And was a bit cold still. Yeah, yeah, it was. And so I I was always going to be wearing a long sleeve top, irrespective of what the weather was going to do. But I almost put on the top as well. Yep, so I had the, my long sleeve skins top on underneath my wetsuit, wetsuit along with my I Am talk tri-suit and then I put on a pair of gloves just some fingerless gloves because I thought that just helped just a touch I wouldn't normally do that but because it was cold I thought I'd do that and then the key thing for my bike ride though was I put on uh, my, my toe covers so Blue 70 yeah. do a great pair of toe covers you can put on so you can still slip your feet in and out your feet don't get overly hot if it gets hot because it's just a, a toe cover but um Phil Wynn got some as well and that made a massive difference. My feet would have just frozen to pieces otherwise. Yeah. So that was good good plan and in a way we went on the bike. And overall, yeah, the swim. Pretty happy getting out of the swim and felt like I was in a pretty good place. The it other so much energy. Yeah. The other key thing coming out of the swim was I heard just behind me they, they called uh Bevan McKinnon coming out of the swim, and I didn't actually know he was even racing, but I, I knew that he's he's probably str- he's stronger than me. But I figured, right, this is an opportunity that I'll, I'll have somebody to bike with because realistically, I was thinking I'm probably going to be doing this bike ride by myself and and passed a few people very quickly early on the bike ride and and was solo. But thought you know, Bevan's probably going to be coming pretty early on. So pretty cold to start with, and um, I did post my race plan on on my website, and my plan on the bike was. You know, I was going to take some risks in terms of staying with other people. Yeah, I, I had a pretty good idea what power I was capable of doing, but I was thought, you know, if if a pack comes past or guys come past, I'm gonna gonna take a risk because the reality was I kind of thought the qualification is pretty much a done deal unless something went really bad on the bike uh, or no went really bad in the race um, in terms of a mechanical. But I thought even if I had my worst race, I'll still qualify. But I was there. I, I, I kind of wanted to win the age group race overall, I, I wanted to win the age group but Not wanted, just your age
0: group but you yeah. wanted to be the first age group Yeah, yeah.
1: And, and I didn't think that was a crazy tactic until, until Bevan turned up and then I thought oh, that might be a little bit harder uh, <laughs> So the first part of the course the mean, New Zealand course, two lap course more or less out and back, it's kind of at the start and the finish of the lap, it, it sort of splits a bit, more or less out and back you've got some hills um, to start with nothing too crazy and then you've got um, yeah, you bike to the turnaround at Reparo which is predominantly flat with some gentle downhills so through the hills I was pushing probably a bit harder than I should have done so classic mistake of everybody but my tactic was I wanted to get up to the top before Bevan caught me um, because I figured you know it's pretty easy to get dropped on the climbs, I thought if I get up to the top and then he catches me then you can sort of sit at the legal draft distance and it's not quite so hard whereas if he caught me really on early on then I might struggle to stay with him on on the climbs and he caught me probably at a just about the worst place to catch me. So you're coming out of a T intersection, and so you're, you're starting onto it just just a short climb. And I was just getting into my rhythm, and he came smoking past me, just as I was about to change into my big chain ring. Yeah. And I soon go past it, Get on it, get on it! And just as I did that, dropped my chain, my oh, chain no. on the outside, so I managed to get it back over without getting off my bike. Tried again, and I just wasn't. My, the, the angles just went right, and I dropped it again. I'm just, thought, oh my god! And then it started crunching, and I was like, oh no, something's gonna break, something's gonna break! And uh, managed to get it back on, but in that time, Bevan had probably put I don't know 150 meters or so on me. So like, oh my god! And and if you look at my power file, there's a big spike, and oh, yeah. I just blitzed it to get back on him and, and uh You'd and put some matches and put some matches got back on and was sitting behind him at at legal distance but st- and we were smoking past um some people some some girls and some of the age group guys i was thinking man i was looking down at my numbers going this is a little bit too hard and then we caught up to another guy and they were right those two were sort of sharing the, the effort up the front so wait a
0: second so you, you know your
1: power's going too fast but how were you feeling like on a comfortability scale uh, not, not very good. Okay, so you <laughs> yeah, were, you so, were was, hard. so my power was up, my heart rate was up, and my effort was <laughs> okay. up. And going, everything not to do in a 9 minute. Everything not to do. But I thought. <laughs> but you're taking a risk. Well, and, and I knew that I had one opportunity. It was the, the, this was that I, th- I thought if I if I drop off here, fine. But there's going to be nobody. Nobody's going to be coming through from behind for quite a long time, and I would be riding solo. So I thought, no bugger it. Uh, this is not doesn't come out of the coaching manual, but I'm going to stick with these guys, and no matter what until Reparoa which is about 45k to the bike ride and then I'll sort of cease. and if it's too hard by then I'll, I'll sort of drop off
0: well and that's the thing isn't it it's like, there's a difference between finishing an Ironman or even having a PB kind of race but if you're trying to win you race differently don't you yeah
1: you do in hindsight we'll talk about hindsight later on but it, but what, what, what my hope was and this often happens is, you know, people start nice and quickly and then they'll settle down a bit and I thought once we get onto these flats you know, hopefully if I'm sitting at legal distance I'll be in my, my, my sort of zone and what was happening it was almost turning into a bloody interval ride because um there was big efforts where I was way above zone and then I'd be well under zone, and be a bit of freewheeling then a big effort and then Is I'd be. So why were they surging? Uh I was just a little bit of the terrain as well, and then you'd sort of you'd be in the you'd be at legal distance and then you'd be a little bit further back. And then but what was happening was um So Bevan would go to the front and he'd be riding along and then it'd just slowly start to slow down a bit, and then I thought sweet we're going to settle in and this is going to be just right you know I'm probably going quicker than what I would be if I was by myself but I'm still in my power zone I'm thinking sweet and then this other guy who I don't know was then the pace would slow off a bit and I'm thinking right and then he'd bloody go round, and then he'd pick the pace up again uh, and that kept happening I was like oh my god this is just too hard and so I was having Do you have a con- poor
0: any time at the front Was it like no, no way No way
1: <laughs> I did want to go around Bevan and, uh, and ride up to him and say would you like a sausage and some cashew nuts because he's the guy we've had on the show who's talked about the high fat low yeah. carbs yeah. So, uh, and I really wanted to do that, but I was just—it was. You couldn't I was, even
0: pull that up. I want to do a yeah. joke, but it's not worth it. <laughs> yeah.
1: So I was riding along, and yeah, I was just going. This is this is too hard. This is too hard. But then, then, then I'd be way under and thinking, okay, this is fine. And then, then it wasn't. So at around about the for about 40k mark just before we got to said, you know this is this is Madness. i'm gonna i'm gonna really blow up here and as soon as i dropped off all of a sudden it was like a weight off my shoulders and i just started sitting at my power zone and it felt quite easy i was like oh god why can't i've done this before and then and then as i as we got around the turn it was as i expected i was solo for a long time those guys pulled away quite quickly there was nobody nobody behind me and then so for a for probably the best part of 60 or 70 Ks. I was completely solo. And some of the long straights you have at Ironman New Zealand, I looked in front of me, nobody could not see a single thing, turned around, really? nobody, nobody, nobody. And even at that stage, there was really? nobody, nobody coming, the, there was very few people coming the other way going out because you're probably, yeah. I don't know, you maybe maybe 100, no, am not 100, maybe 80 k's in, so the bulk of the people have gone through, and there was nobody anywhere, and I was wow. like, God, this is lonely. <laughs> and so I was just trudging along, and power was not, was not great. And, uh, but you're still sitting within power you were with? Yeah, it was close, there, there or thereabouts. What was your power you aiming for? I was sort of hoping for around 230 to 235. Yeah, yeah. So... Uh, uh, I was kind of looking at the average... When we we got to the turnaround, I thought, I'll just have a little scroll through my screens here on the Garmin and see what the average speed was. And we got to the turnaround at Reparaya, and it was like (laughs) 39.2km an hour. I was like, holy shit, how hard have I been going? And then when we came back through town and we went past the 90k mark. Uh, it was at two, 2 hours 30, so bang on, five hour pace, which is about what I'd hoped to ride. But I had in the back of my mind, I thought, there's no way in hell am I going to ride the same split for the second half of this ride.
0: So at that stage, how are you feeling? Because you know, like you wanted to do what? You were hoping to go 455, weren't you?
1: an ideal I, I, world I, I was thinking be fi- five would be I'd be pretty happy with five if a really good ride would be under five and an okay ride would be low fives
0: and so at this stage 90 k's into the bike you sit down and you look down you're you you're kind of on pace, but kind of doubtful if you can maintain that. Well, yeah, and I was
1: very doubtful. I was like, I've gone pretty hard here. I'm actually quite tired, and I'm thinking I'm going to have a big positive split here. And there's nobody around to help me out, and so I was I was not feeling particularly optimistic. But just you know, just just hang in there and, and get on with it, and and did that, and then had one guy that just. Blitzed past me going up this hill uh, at the Napier Highway hill, and I thought, bloody hell! And then about forty k's later, thirty forty k's later, he came came back to me, and a couple of other guys did catch up on on the outbound thing. So from about, I'm going to say probably from about 110 to 120 k's on, I did have a bit of company there from from time to time, and and did sort of ride. And it, wasn't, it certainly wasn't a pace line, we were pretty pretty much legal all the way there, uh, but it was it was nice to have a little bit of company and, and not have it to concentrate the whole time. But I would say my power was steadily decreasing and I was really disappointed that my cadence, I wasn't staying on top of my cadence either. But the one thing, the, the course at Taupo, that I'd forgotten, it's a lot harder than I remembered. So the outbound, you have... It's always up and down, isn't it? Yeah. You've got these hills that are not steep hills, but they're they're a lot steeper on the way out than what they are on the way back. So when we look at my average speeds, average on the way out is 39 point something. Coming back, it was like 32. And then going out again, it was like 38 something. And then coming back, it was like 30. So you've got on the way, way out, you've got these long, gentle downhills, so you can really keep your speed very, very high. But then when you come back, we also had a headwind. So you got headwind, shitty road surface, and a lot of gentle uphill, and it just absolutely kills your average speed. So that was really hard, and my cadence was just my cadence was terrible. So, yeah, so overall,
0: why, why, why was your cadence terrible, terrible? Like I was just you know you know, when
1: you, you know when you're going uphill and you just it was just that combination of uphill, shitty surface, and headwind and just not being in your happy place yep. and yeah it was just wasn't wasn't ideal okay so you measured it at 181 measured it at 181 and what else what was I going to say about the bike ride? Yeah, so power file. My power file is a pretty good classic example of exactly how not to ride an <laughs> man race. It's, it's, it's almost textbook on how not to ride an <laughs> Iman race. John yeah. Yeah. not to race a race. <laughs> so I would have really liked to have seen what I would have done if I'd just gone out at my power output and just kept it together, what sort of time I would have done. Wouldn't have been what I expected, I don't think it wouldn't have been that 5 hour or low 5 hour but I think it would have probably been 3 to 4 minutes quicker than what I actually did if I'd put an even effort and at the same time I think I wouldn't have been as tired as well because I think that early 40k's took quite a bit out of me. So yeah 181k's. um, the big positive for me out of the bike ride was um, I really forced my nutrition down and got it got it all in. So in terms of my bike nutrition, I know lots of people are asking about that. I went through five drink bottles of uh, Infinite, so that's five five servings, and then I had. How do you carry that? Do you have a So I have uh, I have the I have um, the profile design bottles on the front, so yep. it's got a little lid you can open up, and then I had. Uh, in a drink bottle, I had it all concentrated okay. in there. So it's, if people haven't done this before, you just realize how much of that powder and sugar you're going through. Yeah. You're putting it in. It's basically a full bottle of powder, and then you put water in, and then it sort of mixes it together. But it's a full bottle wow. of powder. It's insane. So five bottles of Infinite, and but I did have to force that through. And as Bevan said, I was peeing a lot on the bike. I think I had maybe five pisses on the bike. So five bottles of that, I had uh, one Ems bar, I had one of the nice cranberry ones, so chowed through that, I was sort of taking that um, every so often, plus a bite, so I had about, around about one and a half of M's bars, and then I had uh, two servings of Generation UCAN, which I had at around about the 50k mark, and probably around about the 100k mark, so I had that in a bottle on the back, mixed up as well. And for guys that have had done the UCAN in little um, flask things, you know, your little uh, fuel belt things yep. I find the consistency gets too thick so I actually had it um, mixed up with more water and a bottle on the on the back the other thing I'd say about the bike which I was crapping myself about I had my spear taped onto my onto my seat Phil said before the race that spear doesn't look like it's too well attached and I said no nah, no nah. I've taped right. that on really well Really well I've taped it on Sweet right, <laughs> She'll be right And then about 10k Into the bike ride I felt the stud On the back of my leg Turned around And saw my tyre Bouncing across the road And I thought Oh god <laughs> Is that a sign And I thought oh, I've got pit stop I'm going to be right So I trucked on
0: Did you have experience
1: I had the, had the pit stop So if you get a, With oh, the pit I stop fills you, It up. Fill, fills it up So I was thinking Oh well If I get a punch I'll use that And if I don't I'm kind of screwed And I'll pray To the somebody Who yep. will throw me one So overall Coming off the bike uh, nutrition had gone well I was pretty tired though and didn't really know what to quite expect coming off the bike and going into the run so uh, transition transition it had was. a really good transition actually smoked past um, a couple of guys who were sort of reeling in the guy that I've been riding with for a bit and then another guy who we were we were catching up so blitz past him in transition and pretty much got straight into straight into my work and actually felt felt reasonable. And the one thing I at the start of the run, as I said earlier, I saw the, the, the pro guys at the start of the race, that was kinda cool. We also had Candice Hammond who won Challenge Monica and she was about a hundred metres in front of me. And I thought I'll mow her down pretty quickly and uh, and be off and catch the rest of those girls. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, so what were you hoping to run? Were you hoping to get three? Uh,
1: I was I was gonna set off on a three hour schedule and my thoughts were I'll set off on a three hour schedule and That's yes. I thought that I probably wouldn't quite do that, I thought I'd run a low, I was hopeful I'd run a low three. First lap went, went really well, you know, I was I was doing the, the 3K run, uh, 3K run 45 second walk, so I wasn't walking through the aid stations, I was just running the aid stations, getting water and then walking every every 3Ks and splits were looking really good, I haven't actually gone through my, my run file in detail but from the splits I remember from being out there, you know, I was hitting it pretty well. To do a three-hour marathon, you have to average four seventeens per k, and uh, and I think I was—I might actually pull that up now. I think yeah, I around there. I think I was sort of—I was for the whole first lap. I think average-wise, I was—I was pretty much on on targets. So, and I, and I was feeling quite good. I uh, felt like my energy levels were quite good, and I was just handling the whole situation pretty well. But Candace Hammond was—the bloody gap was staying exactly the same. So I thought, oh, she's on for a pretty good run, and then. When I came around the first lap, I thought, oh, my legs are starting to get a little bit little bit tired. No, I no, weren't getting too tired. My quads were just starting to get sore. My legs were probably feeling okay. My quads and ITBs were getting sore. And by the time I got to probably about the sort of 20K mark, my quads and ITBs were really getting, just taking a, you know, it's like you're taking a beating. And yeah. they were just getting worse and worse. But Energy levels and the rest of my legs were actually feeling quite good, um, but my pace was was slowly starting to slow down a bit. You know, instead of running, um, you know, in, the, in the earlier case I'd be, you know, sitting between say four ten and four twenties, or a little bit slower when I was doing my walks or, or you had a hill. But then I was sort of um, when I was had the auto lap going, it was more sort of you know four thirties or maybe a bit slower than that. But I was still feeling okay, and even though my quads were getting sore, I was still pretty optimistic. I was going to put on a reasonable run. I was thinking, right, if I can hold four thirties together. It's about ten seconds per K okay off what I want to run, but it's still gonna probably give me, you know, maybe a three oh five or something. So I was thinking this this is okay. And but then it just got harder and harder as it does in Ironman, and my quads were just getting getting worse and worse and I was just really starting to struggle, especially on, on the hills. But pretty pleased with how my headspace was. I sort of I was hanging in there pretty well. The two things I was noticing on the run was um, a, I wasn't closing in on Candace Hammond, so whilst I was slowing down a bit, she was obviously slowing down a bit as well. And then, pod, there's a, there's a little turnaround. You sort of not it's not again, as with the bike, it's not a straight out and back. When you do get to the turnaround part, it's a three lap course, you sort of do a little block around, uh, run around a block. And just so, so you, you can, yeah, you can't see exactly who's just behind you, but if they're about a K behind you, you can see where they were. And so I could see on lap one lap two, Paul and I must have been running the same pace because it was about the same like, pace that we passed each other. And I thought, he's about a K behind me. So he's about four, somewhere in the sort of region of four minutes behind me. I'm going to have to blow up pretty badly for him to, to catch me. And uh, as it <laughs> turned out on the third lap, when we came round... When I you were co- starting to blow up. <laughs> when I was starting to blow up, I couldn't see him. And I thought... Okay, he's either closing in on me, or or, he's gone, burger. or he's gone burger and I didn't see him later on, so I thought mm, he must be closing in on me. But I'm still running at an okay pace, and I should be able to to sort of hold on. And then one guy blitz past me with about four k's to go. But the final four k's, I got my rhythm back, and I, I was I wasn't going fast, but I was thinking, you know, I'm going at a pretty reasonable pace here, and and somebody fine. yeah somebody's going to be have to be running quite a bit quicker than me to catch me. And by that stage, you know, three lap course, you got a lot of people out there. You don't have a clue who you're passing, or if anybody's, if somebody's passing me, I'm thinking they're probably and probably, you know, uh probably on their third lap, and they're just just smoking it. But you couldn't really turn around and go, oh, somebody's coming up on yeah. me. You just gotta, just gotta go for it. But what happens at the very, very end is that end of what end of the end of each lap. You, you, you turn around, and it's probably you've probably got about 200 metres still on the pavement and then you turn and you go into the finishing chute. So you've probably got about a 400 metre stretch ballpark before you actually finish. And I figured once I get past that turnaround, uh, then I'll be able to see if, in fact, anybody is remotely close behind me. By this stage, uh, the run walk went out the window probably from about halfway because my legs were so sore and when I get to that point, I'm like, you know, I don't don't want to stop. But I was walking every aid station just briefly. I was just... uh, just I was getting pretty hot, and I was just getting ice and, and water all the way through every aid station. Uh, so so 400 four metres to so, go? 400 metres. So we run run past the the turnaround. I thought, I won't quite have a look yet. So it's probably halfway up before you turn onto the finishing chute. Uh, and I thought, right, better have a look and see if anybody's there. And I, and I kind of had in the back of my mind, oh, I don't think he'll be there. I'd be pretty surprised if he's there. I turn around, and Paul O'Doherty is like no joke, thirty meters behind me. <laughs> the,
0: the summer rivalry. Oh
1: my! I what? And I just thought, oh shit! It's just got to go. You got to go now, and uh, and you just got to go for it. I thought, I, th- I kind of thought. I think he's probably going to catch me, but I'm not. I'm not going down without a fight. And if he's going to catch me, he's going to have to work bloody hard to do it. So this is what is this
0: four hundred meters?
1: maximum 400 to go, I'd say probably closer to 300 to go. So
0: 300 metres and you're going, oh my God, end of an hour I'm dying. Yeah. I'm going to have to kill <laughs> myself. I've got to do
1: a sprint. But, but, but the, 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 the switch clicked very, very quickly. I thought, gotta right, go. go. Yep. And... So I put in a pretty big effort to get up to the top before you turn in the finishing shoot. But it's it wasn't a long quite finishing me- shoot, isn't it? It is. So I was conscious of that thought. Don't want to go quite too early, but I was going at a really quick pace. Didn't turn around at all, and then you you don't quite do a U turn, but you turn back and you and you sort of run across the grass, and it's a bit downhill, so you're a bit unstable on your feet. And by that stage, I'm just. Given it, and I'm just going as fast as I could, and just building and building and building, absolutely sprinting. Did you ever look behind? Didn't have a look behind, and then just cross the line, and just uh, was in la la land straight away. And uh, yeah, I did. It. I expected him to come past me, but but he didn't, and so I took it by three seconds, and it was um, pretty that- pretty memorable because I, you know, the race was as I said I wasn't stoked with the performance pretty happy with the outcome but that's you know that's going to make it a pretty memorable performance so uh, thank yeah, you Pod
0: the, you, someone put on um, our Facebook page they put the link to it you can see the video now unfortunately the, it's really the video is about showing Candice Hammond come in for her finish so mm. they, you kind of just see John and, and, and Pod in the background for a second and then they kind of disappear and, but then you see them come across the finish line and John just falls over basically yeah. and then Pod comes across and, he basically, and they're lying down next to each other bit of love you know
1: so it was, yeah, it was a pretty, pretty riveting finish, and I was, uh, you know, it's one of those things I always tell people, say to people, I think, oh, if you can go to, if you can go fast in the last k or whatever, you haven't gone hard enough. And I was like, oh, maybe I should think about that again <laughs> because I was out for it, and with uh, with a k to go, and managed to to find that sprint, So yeah, the power of the central governor is, um, was was evidence. So yeah. So overall, um, what I do? I did nine, 9.16, uh, nine 16, swam 51, biked 508, and ran
0: 3.10. So so, so, so hindsight, what would have you done different? Uh,
1: so I think in hindsight... So you'd given up when you saw Bevan was there? Yeah, no, in hindsight, I probably should have just r- biked my own bike course, uh, and then I possibly would have been a little bit better for the run. Um, don't think it would... Yeah, I'm, if you yeah. biked your own bike, how fast do you think you would have gone? i think i probably would have gone a few minutes quicker and i probably would have done it easier like it was it was i was knackered on that bike ride so i think um i'm I'm not not regretful at all about what i did i thought i had to to make that decision but in hindsight would i have got quicker to the finish line i think i probably would have uh because I don't think I got I was working so hard to stay with them, and I wasn't really you know I was popping in and out of the draft zone and it was up and down efforts you know some really hard stuff and some easier stuff so in hindsight probably should have done my own thing and it's it's a really good lesson for me learned. you know I learned two good lessons in the two my two main range races were you know really stay on top of my nutrition which I stuffed up a bit in Auckland and that cost me the the race up there and then at this one you know for Kona I'm going to have plenty of opportunities to go hard at the start if I want to and I think you know in hindsight, I'll probably just, uh, come Kona time, I'll probably just, just do my own race and um, and just sort of settle into a, a nice even power output.
0: So any last thoughts?
1: Uh, we'll go into a few of those in, in a moment. I've got a few sort of wrap-up things to do, um, but we might as well break for a uh, bit of extreme endurance time.
0: Okay, sponsor.
1: Uh, one th- oh, actually, before I do oh, that.
0: don't do that. <laughs>
1: uh, I know people ask me about my nutrition on the run, and uh, I had, uh, how many did I have? I think I had eight high five ISO gels on the run. And then the rest of this time was just water ice. And I did have uh, a little bit of Coke there towards the end. And I've got to say, aid stations were outstanding. They, they had... Um the water was almost always ice cold, which was brilliant. Yep. But I had one cup of coke that was like they must have put it in a microwave. It was oh, like boiling oh hot. Outside of that, it was perfect. But just one cup of coke was just disgusting. Uh, so that was my my nutrition on the run.
0: So you, know, you know what's really funny? We go to your Facebook, our Facebook page, and there's lots of, you know lots of people were following you on the day, and I have to admit I was kind of watching you hold throughout the whole day just to see how you're going. And uh, you got, you know people like Andy, how do you say that one? Last, how do you say that one?
1: Blasquez maybe Blasquez yeah it's a
0: different kind of Blaskies. name um, he's got a brilliant job just through the news here in States congratulations well wow, we enjoy your recovery nice you know positive and then you got old Deeds Atkinson great job coach John although of course second is technically first loser yep. <laughs> yeah love yeah. looking forward to seeing who got you the third second place so uh, yeah and yeah. a number of people
1: saying that I got checked yeah I'm over it is that, yeah well yeah, you know yeah. Yeah. No, so, you dug your own grave on that one. So think, things like the, the Zania post when she put nine forty six, that 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 dug pretty deep, and I was pretty cut <laughs> up about that for a while. Um, wasn't happy. Did you? Cause did you see her at the airport? Yeah. Did you? Yep. you smack around the head. Didn't let her come into the uh, Coro <laughs> Club. Uh, but the chicken thing actually, you know, if you're trying to wind me up, it's actually not working because I'm not actually that bothered about now. If I'd race well, as I said, if I'd race well and got checked.
0: What about David Rowe? He's giving you 17
1: hours. Mm. Come on, David Rowe. We gave you a nice nickname. know. Mm. Yeah. Extreme endurance, John. So one thing that was really good going into the race, I was in a pretty healthy place outside of my foot, and uh, and really took the extreme immune boost for you know for the for the two or three weeks beforehand. I was very diligent in making sure that I took it every day to make sure that I was uh, fit and healthy. And the other thing, you know, it's got plenty of electrolytes and stuff in there. It certainly can't do you any harm. I think leading into the race, you know, I had no cramping issues. My quads was not a cramping issue. It was just a fatigue and and blowing them to pieces issue so really thankful there's no cramps and you know you never know but i think that uh extreme endurance may or the immune boost may well have had something to do with that so if you want to stay nice and healthy and uh, especially leading into your races when it's you know you're on edge and, and you can the potential of getting sick is is quite high um get onto it extreme immune boost and remember if you're going through the dot com website you can use the promo code imtalk Sally so Morrison's not trying to make friends here Richard. she's not
0: because she's, she's got she gave you what 940 and then she's got this book she's got a photo of herself on Facebook and she's got uh, she's reading a book called Mental Training she's got today's prep for Ironman New Zealand 2014 would you like to borrow my book John
1: and she had that book at the airport just to try to rub it in even further Oh, you guys are BFFs.
0: Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so um, post uh, other things.
1: Other things. So I've got to give Cam Harper a bit of love. You know, We're having Mike Riley on Legends? the Legends podcast next week and I'll put a post on Facebook if anybody wants to, to, any, to any questions about that and um, Mike does a fantastic job. We all know that. But Cam Harper is the other commentator in New Zealand and I really like the like his style. Does a great job. Does a, sort of the, the backup MC or the, the co-MC but it's, uh, he does a great job, and he gave me a bit of love in the introductory speech at the prize giving. You know, there in front of everybody, he's you know, sort of highlights of the day, and he said the sprint finish between me and Paul Doherty was one of his highlights of the day. I thought, Aww. good on you, Cam. How good. Was that, how was the post dinner? Uh, that was it. Was great. Really, really good. Um, and so, one thing that they did—it was pretty, a um, bit of a tearjerker. They have they have a guy. Um, what's his name now the guy there's one guy who's done every single Ironman there Man was two wasn't
0: because it was him and Tony Jackson who... so Tony
1: Jackson and then I've forgotten the guy's name now anyway Tony Jackson died last year one week after the Ironman race and up to that stage he had done every single Ironman and both of them had hadn't they yeah, but the problem was in 2007, Tony Jackson got, had got a brain tumour, and uh, and they basically gave him 12 weeks to live. Yeah. And 12 weeks later, he was doing Iron Man, yeah. and and he had all sorts of ups and downs with his health, and he got knocked off his bike and stuff over the next sort of five or six years. And it was just uh, his wife was up there. They're basically setting up a Tony Jackson scholarship through Iron Man New Zealand. Oh, and his wife was up there, did a very long speech, but. It was like holy shit! This is pretty full on stuff. Uh-huh. And so he came back for you know from two thousand I think it was two thousand and seven onwards. He was like every year it was like twelve weeks to live or whatever, and yeah. he just kept coming back and doing Ironmans. And last year, uh, so did he, he do it last year? he knew that he knew that and. 2000 and we're now 2014, 20, 20, he knew 2012 was going to be his last Iron Man, yeah. and so he finished that one knowing that's it, you know, he's basically going to die that year. Wow. And then 2013, his son did Iron Man New Zealand, and apparently he was a smoker, a drinker, a partier, the last person, yeah, um, yeah and that would do it. And Tony's wife, I'm, I'm sure it must have been his wife, no, it was uh, the, her theme of her speech was. Um, how did she put it, uh, it your, if, if you if you give set your, basically if you set your mind to it you can sort of you can do this yep. and and so they said you know this son the last person you think would do it and he did it and then he handed over his medal to his dad who was basically on his deathbed oh, wow. and he Death h- h- held on to that, med- that medal. held on that medal and he died five days later still holding to the medal oh. so it was pretty full on so they did that and they're setting up some sort of scholarship basically to give people sort of first timers Tony sounded like he just inspired a lot of people mentored a huge amount of people yeah. so that was a really cool he part of he was a very charismatic
0: movie. kind of character wasn't he he was mm. very and like a really good public speaker and a really good mm. kind of presence and
1: Wow. So that was that was pretty cool that they did that, and another big part what well, they do really good job at Ironman New Zealand is is recognizing the winners, but also recognizing the people that have supported the race. Yep. They had uh, presentations of people who had done their tenth Ironman New Zealand, twentieth, and they had the one guy who had done the thirtieth Ironman at New Zealand. Richard Swan got his ten uh, year yeah, Hall, uh, Hall of Fame so ticket. And the other thing different that they did at Ironman New Zealand this year, it was a 30th anniversary, and WTC had granted them 10 additional slots for um, basically a lottery. And you got one entry into the lottery for every Ironman New Zealand that you did. And so I I was kind of, I wonder how they're going to pull this off. And they did that at the awards dinner, and it was really cool. Was it? um, Oh, because they would be over the moon. Mm. But then uh, the the night, I think it was the ninth person that got it was uh, Tony Hodge. Listen to the show. Oh, wow, And she was by far the most pumped person really? out of everybody that got it. She was running up to the stage. Uh, she was on fire. and she had a fantastic race as well. So yeah, so I think the lottery thing, the one off sort of extra ten slots for 30th Do you think it's anniversary, we like worth doing at
0: every race. You know like you might even just give one slot away. you know, like where it's just that. You know, it is a lot, so you couldn't really do that. Yes. But, you know, like, it's kind of, you know, they have a lottery system. It'd be kind of cool if you could do that in, you know, every Ironman New Zealand. Everyone, and you do it, because the way, they, I really like the way they did it this year. It kind oh, of rewarded cool. loyalty. Mm. Um, and so if you did that every year for every race, you know, okay, Ironman Canada, you've done Ironman Canada five times, you get five entries. And, and, and if you've done Kona, you're out. Yeah. But, you know, let's say, you, you know, if you haven't done Kona, you get all this chance. And it is kind of an awards ceremony
1: kind of, you know, because that would be a pretty. Yeah, awesome no, it was it was a really good idea. So, so that was Iron Man New Zealand. Oh, it hasn't got my. Um, you must have saved this document before I did. No, uh, no, maybe I did. Maybe what, I didn't what, save it. Oh, so the overall. Um, assessments of my build-up I thought I'd just do a quick wrap-up of uh, what I did well what I didn't do well so I thought in terms of the swim that was I basically got what I expected um, got what I deserved in terms of the amount of time I was prepared to put into training I was way off where I've ever been before in terms of my swim pace uh, but I think I did as well as I could with and and the only way I could have gone quicker would have been to put in more training and I didn't have the, the time to to do that the bike I was pretty disappointed with it. I was. I thought I was uh in really good bike shape but kind of just um, cocked it up a bit but you know I put a big effort into my bike over the last 12 months to get it to a good level and, and you took a risk yeah and I probably wouldn't have done anything too differently Um but I still know that for me to do well in Kona I've got a lot of room for still but when you improving. get to Kona
0: now are you going to take a risk because obviously podium no. is a goal for Kona
1: no nah, no I'm not going to take a risk in Kona I'm just going to just going to just going to just going to do my my gig hopefully look, over there stronger depth of field you chance you probably got got guys to ride yeah, with. Yeah. and i think the main area which i really suffered from was on was on the run i was my whole build up was focused around being as strong as i could on the bike and backing my run thinking you know i'm a good runner and i have run well in the past and my build up races the run had gone really well off not much run training yeah. but i think the things that really i really suffered was I, I mean i was doing the bare minimum in terms of how much running i could get in anyway but i think the fact that i had um two and a half weeks off running at Christmas when I had my crash um, and then had another two weeks off before. Yeah, and, and that's what, got me was i think i would have run really well had my quads not blown out it's always these wonderful what if what ifs but that's what slowed me down nutrition was it's the first race i've ever nailed my nutrition i always had good energy levels got all my nutrition in was forcing it in um and had a slightly better recovery after the race because i did so well with my nutrition so stoked i got that right um yeah still pretty optimistic for Kona that I can go quite a lot quicker and if, if I did that performance in Kona I would be absolutely smoked I would estimate best case I'd be in the top third of the um the age group
0: so John the only thing I have to ask
1: quickly before we kind of wrap it up is what to do now so I'll probably have a month off running I think um just to make sure my foot comes right and you still want to race one who yeah, but I'm not. Oh, going to be low priority. Yeah. I'm just going to go and just more or less do that, uh, and then I'll be basically getting stuck into some cycling. So I'm going to have, uh, you know, um, April, May, and June. I think will be primarily uh, just cycling and re- working really, really hard on my bike. And then July, August, September will be sort of the the Ironman build up and, and uh, uh, okay. mid August. Okay. So I think pretty optimistic that I'm going to be in better bike shape bit coming bit out of that. Is a part of that? No. Yeah. No. Okay. So so that's it. Okay. Um
0: questions, questions and answers. Okay, so we got we're talking about the coast to coast. And I know we've talked about the race a lot on the show pass, but it's a race, it's a multi sport race that goes from the west coast on no, no, the the yeah, west coast of South Island to the east coast of the South Island every year. And it's one of New Zealand's iconic, you know, like uh, if Comrades is South Africa's iconic endurance events, the Coast to Coast is New Zealand's iconic event. And Murray Letworth, Holy Hammer, he's done uh, Man quite a few times and he's been pretty successful. He went to Kona last year and, you know, he's one of those guys who's just been, you know, year in, year out kind of Man guy. And this year he thought he'd give Coast to Coast a try and, and we just kind of said to him, well, what's the difference around uh, what you were doing? Did he go to through third? Yeah. Um, uh, just what are the differences between the Ironman experience and, um, you know, a hard multi-sport race? And do you want to do this? Because he's kind of given us bullet yep. points. Do
1: you want to go one for one? So as we said earlier on, um, it's 40 to 50 percent longer in duration than Ironman based on Richard Usher and his times. So it's a lot longer event.
0: The second thing he said is that the cutoff times are a lot harder. Basically, you need to be a sub 12 hour Ironman to do the long the one day race basically so being that you finished in the last 5 hours you not need to apply so if you're going to go over 13 hours for an Ironman
1: um, he's saying you probably couldn't do one day coast to coast because yeah you've got cut offs you've got to be off the, 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 the run by a certain time and you've got to be off the, the, the kayak um, before it gets dark start, because start, I've got yeah. you know in, in the in Ironman stuff you're running on pavements here It's uh, you're out in the wilderness number 3 my body particularly quads has been m- more discomfort than after Kona
0: He said, More strategy is required as you have to race it, not just your own steady pace from start to finish, beginning with a 3k hard run. then ideal to get in a, de- a decent bunch for the 50k bike ride, uh, and not lose 10 minutes. Based on the guy who finished one place behind me.
1: Yeah, so if you don't run hard enough,
0: yeah, the fr- you're basically in the wrong they start bench. with a 3k sprint, really, mm. isn't it? And so really, you're running to get to a good sprint. So the beginning of a you know a kind of 12 hour day starts with a 3k sprints. So. Mm. Number five, running cross country is completely different to road, requiring specific skills. Uh, number four, more. Str- uh, oh no, number four. What? Six. Oh, number six, sorry. Uh, run is brutal. Climbing 700 metres, 435 metres to a 3.7K top. Uh, total gain by 1,180 metres, according to his Garmin. And descending 443 metres. Total loss, 800 metres, according to his Garmin. So quads are smashed with all uneven footing. So ankles working overtime and soles aggravated.
1: Uh, Number seven, it's not just physical fitness as required to be competitive, but skills in the run and kayak to paddle faster boat. And been, he was. Murray was in a pretty slow boat, and that's you've got to make this trade-off in the, in the event as you go for being a bit safer and stable, so you don't tip out, or you go for a, sta- a quicker boat where you risk tipping out. And if you tip out, you lose quite a bit of time.
0: From my past number eight, from my past communications with Richard, he is a master diplomat. So when he asked uh, the similar question on Ironman talk um, around, obviously which was harder, he politely pointed out that the challenges of each. Uh, so, not to alienate anyone. Now that he is a new
1: race director, we'll see if his true colours come through. So overall, Murray's sort of saying, um, "Are you woman enough or tough enough to do?" Uh, to do, he, he's sort of saying that he was he was more stuffed after doing coast to coast than he was Ironman. So, Mate, Murray, think, you haven't sold it to me. <laughs> well,
0: no, because I went back to him and I said to him, what did you enjoy more? And I've got that email there. So yep. I, I went back to him and said, okay, well, okay, well, what did you enjoy more? What were you most satisfied with? And so he's he's got... Uh, sense of achievement is a big factor for me. So Ironman is more satisfying in the regard as you have more control to achieve multiple goals and strength endurance to race throughout. Accordingly, I enjoy I am Racing more as I'm more competent at it, which makes sense to spend more time doing it. However, the key appeal of Coast to Coast was the unique aspect of crossing the country from one ocean to the other. And it was fun powering to the finish in my territory, he lives close to the area, chasing down a pre-identified age group contender eight minutes ahead of me off the river for third place not realizing I'd passed him earlier on <laughs> it's kind of good on old West Coast Road as I was putting 30 minutes into him unfortunately someone else snuck into our age group so I was only fourth starting in the dark and finishing in the dark unexpectedly was not much fun but it does add to the uniqueness Uh satisfying to kick off an iconic Kiwi event being there done that got the t-shirt coming back to the enjoyment question I did actually enjoy coast to ten point five hours of coast to coast. It was just the five hours of running with a two kg pack of compulsory equipment plus nutrition that I did not enjoy. Partly as I was not so good at it. The run would have been more comfortable if I done not if I hadn't done so much work getting a group organised to chase down the lead woman on the bike. Kayaking in the river was fast. River was exhilarating. Interestingly, I think Ironman is probably regarded by the public as a greater achievement because of the status that has been built around it, whereas coast to coast. Is tougher with huge potential for development. Yeah.
1: But, mm. Murray was a lot better prepared for Ironman than he was for this race as well. Yeah, yeah. So, so I think that the soreness thing, you know, for him, he's probably not so experienced uh, doing the off road running. Whereas, say, if you took a Richard Usher, he's probably going to be um, yeah a lot more um, conditioned to that sort of running. So he probably maybe doesn't get quite so sore after Coast. Um, who knows? But anyway. I think the only
0: other thing that's probably in coast-to-coaster's favour is you have to concentrate a lot more in
1: it. oh yeah and it's a lot more skill-based yeah know? yeah you put the time into Ironman training in theory you should go quicker your
0: you concentration in Ironman is controlling yourself yeah you know and just a little bit of technique in the last part of the run whereas oh. in coast-to-coast coast, you're thinking all day
1: aren't you? yeah yeah no you don't have to it's not the fittest person necessarily that's the fastest person so yeah. you know if, if I went into the run with someone who is uh comparable to me running on the road they might put half an hour into me on the run do just because that box? uh one day it's not not a driving ambition but uh i'll get there one day it's um the only problem for me is learning to kayak would be a pain in the butt. yeah well so murray uh learned to kayak literally yeah he did kona in october came back and then shortly after that said oh, i'm going to do coast to coast having never kayaked before so you can get through it pretty quickly if yeah. you need to but yeah bugger
0: that um
1: Jombo our sponsors coffeesofhawaii.com um get some hilo athelinks.com uh, give some
0: love and extreme endurance don't get sick okay team so we've uh, been doing our coach uh, Kona book if you want to get to Kona and you want to kind of go in the draw to win a trip to Kona uh what's happened I've you done was, my nicknames and they haven't saved don't worry I've got them saved you. don't save the file C- close the file I've got your one here. No, you got them all there? It's... Yep. Except for that one there.
1: Okay.
0: Um, but if you want to go to Kona, and let's be honest, you do, uh, then what you've got to do is you've got to go to www.iamtalk.me. You buy a Kona book, and then you, it's $30 US, and for that you get the most unfulfilling book of all time. Yes. But you do go into the draw to win the most ultimate experience of all time. It's a trip to Kona. You get your flights, accommodation, food. Um, and you get to watch me race and now you get to watch John race now as well and I have to admit you know now that you're racing it's going to be pretty exciting you know like it's going to be pretty mm. cool you know it's always cool to go there and watch the race anyway but to be a part of that experience would be pretty phenomenal so Basically, you go in there you do that. Now, these people have and When you do that as well, you also get your I Am Talk nickname. So, where did you start this week? Uh,
1: number 77. 77, okay. Christine Craig, <laughs> the one-year wonder. <laughs> What's
0: that about? Well, I went
1: onto to Afflinks page, and she had one Ironman registered. She went 1517 last year at Ironman. I thought, I wonder if she did this year. And she did. And she went 1337. Oh, she smashed it! So, the one-year wonder. Nice. Stephen, uh, no, Stephanie, the mask, Granlund. Why is that? Because when she turns out at races, she's got this mask on. You just don't know what she's going to bring. Is uh, she got a game face on? Do you actually off. know Stephanie or you just point in good. Yep, Derek Atkins, reggae man.
0: Pass the dodgy to the left one no, time. No, I
1: was thinking. Reggae. No, what's that? Ooh. Reggae man. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh
0: yeah. no. Reggae,
1: cause Is he it reggae man? Yep. Okay. <laughs> I love the confidence. No, I, looked, I even looked it up. Uh, one so, star. Uh, no, reggae man, because he was. He lived in Bermuda or something, oh, so okay. I thought a bit of a... Uh, Joseph uh, Walensky, one Walensky. star. One star, why one star? Oh, because I went on to hit the athlete profile, and he had a report on one race, and he only gave his performance one star out I of know, five. That's not very
0: positive, man. Oh, wow. Well. Maybe we we'll
1: call him the star. okay, you can do that. Yeah,
0: because, you know... Oh, what's your name? Oh, I'm one star. What, uh, out of five?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> J- Jim, the Green Machine Daily. Oh, 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 sorry. Same one. Uh, and then because what do you it, mean? Who's well, that? I did him to you? Don't listen oh, to me.
0: Oh, I don't listen. No, I never do.
1: Yeah. So Jim, Jim uh, was dressed in all green on his athletics profile. Steve, uh, Stephen. Ferrari Morris. Nice. I was thinking Morris Minor, the car, be yeah, a Ferrari. Who wants to be a Morris Minor? <laughs> Morris Minor? Uh, Andrew, Scorpion Boy Gillespie. Wow. Yeah. You that one, didn't you? Yeah. Anthony, the Fresh Prince Malik. Why is that? Because he's from a place called Ballet. <laughs> and then Andrew, O.M.C. Cunningham. What's O.M.C.? Otara Oter- Millionaire's Club oh nice because uh, I looked at Andrew's profile picture on Ethlinks, <laughs> yeah. and he's standing there I, I presume maybe with his wife or somebody and he's got this look on his face like somebody's about to steal his car and there's this group in New Zealand the guy's actually died hasn't he um, yeah, Otara m- like... Millionaire's Club and they, they sang this song oh, How Bizarre,
0: bizarre. you guys would know it got to number two in America it yeah. was a big hit in its yeah. time
1: and then somebody took the piss out of it and said stole my car yep. so there we go okay and Nadine Voice. The Voice had a great race at the weekend. Uh Did Flower got- Power. Yep, Flower no. Power and Nadine Voice. You nailed it. Big time.
0: Okay, i got Ian Robinson, and uh, he made me think of the – because there was a rugby league player called Ian Robinson, I think, so I just thought powerhouse.
1: He was um, a league player. Yeah 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 yeah. League. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah,
0: a really good league player. Um, Lance Deo. So, Dale.
1: <laughs> He's already got a nickname, but that's number two.
0: Okay, well, I haven't checked that, you see. And I've got want to go home.
1: Do right. yeah. want to go yeah. home? Go.
0: So that's good. Uh, oh, you'll want to go home, isn't If you racing against them, nice. You'll want to go home. Uh, Jared Smith, Magic Master, and then I've got Nicholas Josie, Boom. Um, sorry, Bam Boom Smash. Nice. It's like Batman, Bam yeah. Boom Smash. Uh, Sean Patrick Osborne. Now, I thought Sean Patrick. I, I don't know why. I thought Scottish, but it's actually Irish, isn't it? Kind of Patrick. Yeah. Well, I thought Scottish. Just okay. so, because I shows how culturally insensitive and sensitive I am. So Sean Patrick, and then I thought Scottish, and I thought freedom. Okay. So then freedom pants, and I don't know why I wear pants because I thought they wear kilts. So yep. I've totally got this completely wrong. Yeah, but your freedom pants. Yep, yep. I'm sure your partner will love that one. Andrew Weaver, the golden. Nice. I didn't even add. It was just like I didn't even add something. I was going to go with the golden something, but I was like, no, nah, just the golden. Okay. Oh wait, it's that one. Iran. Iran. Uh, yeah, guy. Ar- Aram. Aran McKee. It's A R R A N Arena. White Powder. Now the reason I went that oh no? No. He's Wonder Boy. Wonder Boy. Yeah, yeah. Wonderboy, Wonder Boy. And then Sonia Demansky. Yeah. And the reason I went white powder, now it's nothing to do with cocaine or anything okay. like that. It's because Demansky and then I thought James Bond, that, that iconic James Bond
1: skiing, yes. the man was skiing, yeah, yeah. Roger and I thought, Moore.
0: we can't really do James Bond, and then I thought, oh, why, wow, she's you know, flying through the white powder. Nice. That's nice. Okay, good thinking. Uh, Michael Walker, the locomotive.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, he smashes it. Simon Day, the big battler. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kevin Buckley, rodeo, because nice. of Buckling. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then, oh, how's that one, John? i Tap okay, go Tabato Tabato Rob Tabato and he's Time Cop because he just takes your time away right there we
1: go we've got that? more of these fantastic names coming up next week tell you, something so, okay. to look forward to we've
0: only done 100 we'll go, <laughs> we've got a few 100 to go yeah. so uh, once again if you want to get a nickname if you want to go to the draw or we'll go to Kona check out www.iamtalk.me okay John what's your goss
1: goss uh going to be quite nice to not do much training this week what
0: do you do with yourself
1: uh, I've got yeah, you know, I've already lost a day of work, so I'll just be catching up work, and then I uh, guess just doing family stuff. Go out for dinner with some friends on Saturday night. You know, just have a bit of a normal life for a couple of weeks. Where you got to go? Uh, King of Snake. Oh, it's good there. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, you know what, John?
1: I haven't been there. So I've got to go. First time I went there,
0: mm-hmm. I was like, mm, a bit overpriced. Mm-hmm. You know, food was okay.
1: Mm-hmm. And then the second time, I was like,
0: it's the best place ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so have to get the wontons
1: right I love wontons well these
0: are mean wontons man they're not like normal wontons they're like these big triangle things yeah. full of meat and yeah I'm I'll on, I'm on a, it I'm hearing you you have stinky breath the next day yeah. bad farts but well worth it um okay anything else <coughs> no a to have a good day
1: yeah, I think so. Yeah, she. Um, the great thing for us, is that we're in a really fortunate situation. So I talk about Philinator a lot, and I do a lot of training with him. Uh, so our wives are. Very oh, we befri- haven't given Phil the love. Oh, we've got to give Phil the love. Um, so Phil, my training partner, the Philinator Patterson.
0: He nailed it. He
1: he. He smoked it. So he went uh, nine twenty one, which he's on a really good day, capable of it. But he did have a drafting penalty. Four-minute drafting penalty, which sounded like a pretty harsh call, but he said I was drafting, but it was a harsh call. He went to the went to the front, rode past like heaps of guys to get to the front, got to the front. A guy rode past him and then slowed down, and so Phil was automatically in the draft zone and mm-hmm. got pinged. So That's technically, nice he, wrong, is, he is he has done, but he was but somebody else in the pack. Um, Said, oh, geez, that was a bit harsh, yeah. um, to him. So anyway, so he, what did he, I haven't actually got his splits in front of me. I pretty much know them, but so he he, he swam a, a sixty-one or something. So Phil needs to work on his swimming. But then uh, he biked five hundred eight. That included drafting penalties. So he rode five hundred four, which is pretty solid, and then ran a three hundred three, which I thought was the fastest age group run split of the day. But it turns out it wasn't. I think it was second fastest. Now, I mean this in the nicest possible way. Phil is not the best runner. Wow. For him to run a three o three is sensational. So when you know, why did he have a good run then? Oh, he just now he's been running really well, and I'm thinking, Phil, if you run that fast and try to run that fast in a race, you're gonna freaking blow yeah, up. Yeah. So just chill out. So Phil, last time we did a marathon together, he he did like two fifty six. Yeah. So he's like seven minutes off that. He's he's improved a bit since then, but still, you know, if we go into a race together, say a ten k, I'm probably gonna put um between one and two minutes into him over yeah. 10K. And so realistically, 303, I could have run that. And if I ran that, you'd expect Phil to be you know, maybe five minutes or so behind that. So it's 303 is bitching on that course. Wow. And he and doesn't come from a running background or anything like that. He actually comes from a cycling background. And yeah, it's not like he'd go out and run a 230 marathon or anything yeah. like that. You know, that was very close to what... Um, he could run for a marathon. It's and more impressive. importantly, he's going to be at the party in Kona. He is. That's the main thing. So, yeah, but coming back to that, why it works out well for us, we go to races and things like that and camps, uh, and then our wives can come and hang out together and they're good friends. And ironically, our, our kids are good friends as well. Our daughters are like besties. Oh, and, uh, and so it's all very, uh, very, very handy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Bevan, what are you up to this week?
0: What's my goss? I um, went a funeral yesterday. Like Joe's granddad died. Um, oh, that's not no, it's not good. I know this isn't happy goss, but it was actually quite. You know, like it was you with know, like funerals are never a nice thing. But he was, he was old, and you know, hmm. and, he, and kind of if there's a nice way to die, he kind of had that experience. And uh, but it was just like there was a moment. Joe wrote a poem, and you, and just have that moment where you kind of. You're with your partner in an emotional mm. sense, and it was just quite a special moment, John. So just oh, sharing there, you know? Yeah. You know, share the good stuff. Um, and then we ate. I ate like you I wouldn't believe. believe. Oh, nice. Do you know what I love about a funeral? Savouries. <laughs> nice. There's always good savouries <laughs> yeah. at the funeral, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Let's be honest. Yeah. Those cheap savouries that you, yeah. you only ever get at events like that. Yeah. I just sat by the
1: savouries. Because
0: <laughs> I don't know many people there, yeah, because uh, like, it was all his kind of generation, so I didn't really know that many people. And, so I just basically sat by the savouries. <laughs> yeah, and then savouries. to top it off.
1: Your cheese sort of top ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah cheese ke- top, And top then ones. the potato top? Oh, I don't right. like potato oh, so top so no. much. I do you like You don't You like never know what temperature t- you're going to get in the middle, do no, you? No, that's, that's
0: the risk you take. <laughs> what about a uh, sausage roll?
1: Yeah, that gets your breath pretty bad. Yeah. Sausage roll. Belinda says don't come near me if you had a sausage roll. Oh, I love a sausage roll. Mm.
0: That's one of those things where occasionally if I'm picking up a trailer from a petrol station, mm. I'll grab myself a sausage roll. Just yeah. a your sausage roll. But to top it off, John, mm. lolly cake. Oh, they, nice. del- they delivered it. That's fair I'll tell you. So that was pretty cool. Um... And then, yeah, and then we went home and then they, helped, they had the family around. We went, got big feed for that. I was serious. I put on 20kg yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, um,
1: no, no. I've got to say uh, thank you to everybody who supported me uh, last weekend. I, I With the Twitter, it's the thing. I've never done really the Twitter much. And, uh, and it's, yeah, I've gone from, like, having a couple hundred followers to, like, Seven 700 and something followers within a week so that was and lots of people were twittering back and it was too many to reply to at one stage so thank you for that support and the people that are out on the course and it was great to meet quite a few people out there as well um before the race during the, not so much during the race but after the race as well so um good to meet you i can't remember all the names but uh Do you know
0: what it's cool nowadays it is cool you can follow someone doing an Ironman. Mm. like even when i did it you know which is you know i mean my first time man and everyone i knowing everyone i knew wanting to find out how i did and you pretty much had to wait till the night of or the day after you know Mm. and whereas now you know from the moment you guys started the race you know Mm. throughout the day i was just always kind of oh what's happening in the race and you know Mm. and sure belinda was helping but also just on the site you know it's so much better to be able to follow your friends so it's great Mm. so good times that's pretty much a big
1: show crikey what time do we start how long is that Two hours nearly. Jeepies. Jeepies. I talk, talk I talk too, too much. I
0: always get told I talk too much. I didn't get a word in today. Oh goodness. Jeepers, creepers. There no. we go. Iron Russ. I mean nope.
1: Train hard. Train
0: smart. Kia 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 car. Car.